This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. Today is Friday, January 8th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, a police officer died from injuries sustained as... President Donald Trump supporters stormed the Capitol in a violent event that is now forcing hard questions about the president's remaining days in office and the ability of the Capitol Police to secure the area. The U.S. Capitol Police said in a statement that 42-year-old officer Brian Sicknick was injured while physically engaging with protesters during the uh, Wednesday's riot. He is the fifth, fifth person to die because of the melee. The brother of Officer Sicknick released the following statement to ABC News. After a day of fighting for his life, he passed away a hero. I would like to thank all of his brothers and sisters in law enforcement for the incredible compassion and support they have shown my family. My family and I hope that our privacy can be respected as we grieve. Thank you. The rampage that shocked the world and left the country on edge forced the resignation of three top Capitol security officials over the failure to stop the breach. It led lawmakers to demand a review of operations and an FBI briefing over what they called a terrorist attack. And it is prompting a broader reckoning over Trump's tenure in office and what comes next for a torn nation. Protesters were urged by Trump during a rally near the White House earlier Wednesday to head to Capitol Hill where lawmakers were scheduled to confirm Biden's presidential victory. In the wake of the violent mob of pro-Trump rioters storming the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday as Congress counted the electoral votes, the United States Secret Service said that they are anticipating and are prepared for all possible contingencies to to ensure that the inauguration of President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris remains a safe and secure event. The inauguration of the President of the United States is a uh, foundational element of our democracy. The agency wrote in a statement posted Thursday on social media. The safety and security of all those participating in the presidential inauguration is one of the utmost important is of the utmost importance. The statement came one day after the mob forced their way into the Capitol building, breaking through barriers and attacking law enforcement, resulting in the shooting death of one woman. Dozens were arrested, according to police. The U.S. Capitol had been closed uh, to the public since March because of COVID-19. But normally the building is open to the public and lawmakers pride themselves on their availability to their constituents. Starting Friday, you will be able to experience a one-of-a-kind Wawa without leaving your car. The company's first standalone drive through is opening in Falls Township, Bucks County. The grand opening ceremony will feature the debut of a limited edition gold medal hot chocolate beverage benefiting Special Olympics of Pennsylvania. <laughs> this particular store is vehicle pickup only. The 1,800 square foot location will be open from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily. The first ever freestanding drive through is located at 549 West Trenton Avenue, and it will offer breakfast, lunch, and dinner options uh, with combo meals. I thought they had already opened it up before, but no. is this the big so this, official grand opening? This is the, no, they did not open it. So this is the one that, is, that you can't walk into. What yeah. they did open last month was the drive through but that was added to a freestanding location. Well, that was in New Jersey. Yeah, right, that was in West Jersey. Hampton, New Jersey. And yeah. as per our guest press, the drive through menu is a uh, is a limited menu of what you would imagine being on the breakfast menu. And so right. Can you grab me a bag of chips? You know, you right. can't them around the store. Yeah, yeah. Can't so, get cigarettes yeah, 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 yeah. and whatever else you need. Yep. Yeah, it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner options with combo meals. It's, still, sorry, a, it's, yeah, like it's a, still a big menu. Yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. When so, is, this, is this opening today? Today, Case. Yep. It, it uh, said that it was opening at 6 a.m., so it should already be open, and it'll be open until 10 o'clock tonight. Why am I bizarrely 
fascinated with this oh, concept. Right? Yeah, I just I, like I almost want to go do it go, just, just yeah. to do it. Yeah. Of course. So, um the drive-through window was added to the store on Rancocas Road in West Hampton. So this will be the only, uh, the first standalone. The new store gives customers the option to stay in their car while getting their coffee, hoagie, and other favorites. Wawa is committed to increasing convenience and providing new options for service while keeping safety and comfort top of mind, the company said. With this story, why the, the other day we were talking about Casey being Delco Swiss, what was that? <laughs> Delco Swiss, 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 Swiss Farms, right? Oh, no, you found no. out there was Swiss I'm, heritage? I'm Swiss and not German, actually. Okay. Right. 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 I, Swiss. And, and I started to say that there were uh, Swiss, Swiss French, Swiss Italian, Swiss Germans, and then uh, we started <laughs> realize that there's Swiss Delco. and then Delco we, Swiss? Yeah, we started making the uh, Swiss Connection Farms Connection to Swiss Farms, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right, so if you drive through the uh, Wawa in Bucks County today, let us know how it is. Yeah, goes. yeah. In sports this morning. The Brooklyn Nets were playing without superstars Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, but they beat the Sixers anyway. Joe oh. Harris scored a season-high 28 points, and the Nets beat the Sixers 122-109 to last night in Brooklyn. The Nets jumped out quickly and had a double-digit lead for much of the second half while winning its second straight game, both without Durant. The Sixers are back home, well, supposed to be back home tomorrow night against the Denver Nuggets. Tip-off is scheduled for 3 o'clock, but the Philadelphia 76ers guard Seth Curry tested positive for the coronavirus last night, with the team finding out near the start of the loss to the Brooklyn Nets, ESPN reported. Curry, who sat out of the game with ankle soreness, was on the bench for the first quarter, wearing a mask in line with the NBA rules. However, he left the court area and went into isolation after the 76ers found out that he had a positive test result. In the NFL, the playoffs begin this weekend. There are three games tomorrow and three more on Sunday. Tomorrow's game features the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Buffalo to play the Bills, the LA Rams heading to Seattle to play the Seahawks and the night game has Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading to Washington. In baseball news, Francisco Lindor, a four-time All-Star shortstop and one of baseball's best all-around players, was traded by the Cleveland Indians, along with pitcher Carlos Carrasco to the New York Mets. Francisco, that's fun to say. Who have a new owner willing to spend at baseball's highest level. The two were traded for infielders Andres Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario, right-hander Josh Wolf, and outfielder Isaiah Green, and move Cleveland hopes will keep it competitive and capable of ending baseball's longest World Series title drought. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right. Thank you very much, Kathy. An exciting day here uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, it's Friday. Friday means uh, we give away our Word of the Week prize. We have this very cool JBL Party Box, uh, really powerful Bluetooth speaker. Uh, so we'll give that away at the end of the program. But before that, before we even do that, two opportunities this morning to win $500. We kick off the WMMR No Sad Dough Money Giveaway. It's going to happen seven times. We get to do it twice today. I love this. This is a lot of money and could not come for many people at a better time. Yeah, 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. to get it started, and it's very, very simple. We will give you a uh, a certain word, a keyword, and then you are going to have 15 minutes. We'll do it as close to 8 o'clock as we can. You'll have 15 minutes after the hour to enter it, and there are three ways to do that via the MMR app on your mobile device. If you don't have that yet... You got time. It's real quick and easy and free to download. Do it now. There's all kinds of benefits to having the app, uh, streaming MMR being one of them. Yeah. Um, so go ahead and do that now. Uh, but you can also enter on our contest page at WMMR.com, or you can text into the special short code number. Write this down. It's 45911. 
And then we'll find out if you win 500 bucks. It's easy. One random entry will get that money. And each time you enter using the app or on WMMR.com, you'll be entered to win a $10,000 grand prize. So why not? Could you imagine winning 10 grand? That'd be fantastic. Oh, my God. I, never, I won one thing, Preston, a coloring book. For you a hamburger that. contest. For a hamburger yeah. contest. You earned that. I don't even well, know I if you can consider you. winning. I appreciate it. So we have a the complete contest rules at WMMR.com. That gets started today at 8 a.m. We have a number of guests on the program as well today. We, first of all, are going to talk to a gentleman named John Douglas. He is the author of the book Mindhunter, which led to the TV show and the TV series on Netflix. It's I think the character Holden Ford is loosely based on him. Seems to be. Maybe very strongly based on him. Uh, but he's got a new book out called The Killer Shadow. I am very much looking forward to talking to this guy. He essentially... They had already done some profiling, but the behavioral sciences unit at the FBI yeah. was pretty much his baby, according to the the way I've watched on the show and the the, the book Mindhunter. So the exploration that I've done, you, you're right. So basically, he was the one who kind of said, here's a whole opportunity that we're missing. Yes. Instead of just saying they're crazy, don't listen to what they have to say, find out what they're thinking yeah. and what leads them to do what they do. Yeah, and I have, I have some serious questions about that. And, of course, his book, uh, the, the Killer Shadow, you were going through some of that. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I already ordered on, on Audible. Wow. You know. All right, so we'll talk to John around 8.15 this morning. That one you won't want to miss out on. Plus, Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be on. He's got a new season of Straight Up 5 Steve Austin, or Straight Up Steve Austin. Where did I get five from? <laughs> Straight Up 5. Straight Up 5. <laughs> I don't know where the number I five know, came in. I appreciate that. I think I have that. smudge on my glasses. <laughs> it, does it, is it a five? Yeah. It's a, no, the shape I, of the number five. I think I saw the V and C. Straight up and, yeah. five. I think I saw the V and Steve. F-I-V-E-S-D-E-V. I don't know. Oh, it's just straight up. Okay. All right. This is going to be good. I don't know where Straight up five. Let me take my glasses off. All right. Straight up. And William Blattner will be. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> William Shatner will be on right. the program too, and he is uh, on this show called The Unexplained. And you've been watching that, Steve. You said uh, you've been I love it for a while. Yeah, it's, 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 this show. is basically its first season, but there've been a number of episodes, and it's you know, and he is great. He is completely William Shatner in the show. Excellent. All right, so these things and more are taking place <laughs> on the program. Wait for other wonderful mistakes that I'll make. During the next few hours. We'll come back in a second. We'll have the entertainment report and the stupid questions. So hang close and don't miss your chance to win 500 bucks two times, starting with just us this morning. We'll be right back. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Shop, play, win, Monopoly starts March 3rd at Acme. Get ahead of the game and download the app before March 3rd and earn five bonus tickets, 10 tokens added to your Shop Play Win account, and entry to win a $25 grocery gift card. Every ticket wins a prize, money-saving offers, or tokens for sweepstakes. Download the Shop Play Win app to play today. No purchase necessary. See rules at shopplaywin.com. Hasbro is not a sponsor of this promotion. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, let's ask a stupid question, shall we? See if you know the answer, and if you do, we got a Blu-ray combo pack of Love and Monsters that could be yours. The question I have for you this morning is, what is the name of the Pillsbury Doughboy? Mm-hmm. 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you remember that. Haven't heard that name in a long time, but what is the name 
of the Pillsbury Doughboy. Call now. I'll go through some birthdays today. It would be Friday, January 8th. Sarah Polly, actress and director. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, Splice. She directed a movie called Away From Her. Yeah, she's really good. She's great in Dawn of the Dead. And Have you ever seen Splice? It's an effed up movie. <laughs> yeah. So they genetically create a like a like a little girl creature hybrid mm. and at one point Adam Brody bangs it. She has like a tail that's yeah. sharp or something. Yeah, right? with yeah. A, like a poison barb at the end. And yeah. it's it's an incredibly uncomfortable movie. It like stays with you after you watch wow. it. Okay. Uh she's forty two today. Uh Charles Osgood. CBS newscaster. Yes. Uh, is 88 years old today. Very mellifluous voice. That's correct, yes. Uh, Steve, also, every year, we celebrate this man's birthday and are excited that he made another year in this world. Larry Storch. Yes! Agarn of the television show F Troop. I loved F Troop. I loved Agarn. I loved yeah. Agarn and uh, and uh, uh, Sergeant O'Rourke. Yep, they were the two. The the big that was the comedy team on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Agarn was the best. Yeah, and Ken Berry was the uh, Colonel uh, uh, Captain Palmer. Captain, that's yes. it. Yeah. So he comes from a. His whole family is military legends. Yeah. He, by accident, uh, his horse bucks and leads him in, leads a charge, <laughs> and right. they win a battle. <laughs> and so they promote him, and he's an idiot. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. total idiot. Uh, it was a goofy show. It was a, my sister loved F Troop. So where I lived in, in uh, California when we moved out there briefly, uh, we were close to the set of where they shot the exteriors for F Troop. Mm-hmm. And it was like you, you could actually go play there. It was pretty cool. Uh, he celebrates his 98th birthday. Oh, my today. God. Wow. Uh, a couple of musical birthdays. Uh, Casey, we'll start with, uh, I got with you. this one, though. Robbie Krieger of The Doors. Fantastic guitarist, man. I told you just a little while ago, I went through a Doors listening like a weekend, and now I'm good for about eight years. And I think he's the one that, uh, that wrote Light My Fire. That was, yes, that I was, believe so. He yeah. penned that song. So, great songwriter on top of a wonderful guitarist, and... If you want an L.A. rock sound, oh, man. this is it. What a band, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, you got to you gotta be in the right mood. At least yeah. I do. I, I can't just pop on the doors That's anytime. Right. There's, you know, they're, they're dark and, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and have a, a very much a, a strong mood to them. But that sometimes, man, I'll get in a mood and go, wow, this is okay. This is speaking to me. Yeah, yeah my kids had, uh, specifically my daughter, uh, my 15-year-old, hadn't heard of the doors. And so I started playing some for them. And... Uh, they thought the way that he sings sounded funny, you know, okay. and they got like kind of a kick out of the sound of his voice. But yeah. I played um, this song for him. Robbie is uh, 75 years old today. It's Bob Eubanks' birthday today. There it is. The legend. The newlywed game. The mo- uh, used to be one of the most controversial shows on television. Yeah. It was naughty. They they dabbled in, in sexual innuendo yes. quite a bit. Uh, they Showed say, graphic anal. No, but oh. they would say oh. making whoopee. Yes. Was, if you remember, instead of uh, having sex or, or making love, they would say making whoopee. You're right. And all the questions were specifically orchestrated and manipulated to get those responses. Yes. Yep. Is that where we got the game show bloopers from? Yep. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Bob Eubanks is uh, 83 years old today. And Steve, it's always a wonderful day on fr- on uh, January 8th when we get to celebrate the birthday of Shirley Bassey. Oh, because yes. <laughs> we usually get a little treat performance from Wait a you. second. Yeah. Now, just make sure. Did she pass away? Oh, no. I don't no. think so. Oh. Nope, no. She's still alive. Yay! Okay. Right. Mr. Goldfinger! 
Can I request that we that we hear just a little bit of her actually singing? <laughs> just so yeah, I'm I know. sorry, I just got so caught up. Yeah. Okay, back it up just a little bit. Oh, I or, that's that's okay. Mr. She does really go for yes. it, man. Wow, she is. 84 years old today, a very beautiful woman, very talented singer. And you, you both, you and I saw her on that award show fairly wow. recently. She came out. A lot of times people will lose that register Oof. when they get older. She blew the roof off the place. Yep, 84 today. Uh, the singer and guitarist for the band The Hollies, Terry Sylvester, uh, turns uh, 74 years old today. Uh, interesting that uh, Graham Nash was a member of the Hollies. That's right, yeah. It's, it's, uh, they they completely different uh, musical styles once he went over to... Um, in fact, that he, uh, Graham Nash says that was actually part of the the deal. He was trying to introduce his style a little bit. Into oh, really? The into and, uh, and, uh, into yeah. the Hollies, yeah. Uh, so he celebrates uh, Terry Sylvester, turns uh, 74 years old. Oh, you like this song. Great, too. Yeah. Uh, then we have actress Rachel Nichols, uh, Conan the Barbarian, the Amityville Horror, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, Criminal Mind. She's 41 today. So she was in the uh, Jason Momoa, Conan the Barbarian. Correct, yes. Oh. And then the last birthday I saw is Gabby Hoffman, oh. uh, who's Field of Dreams, Uncle Buck, 30-something. Uh, she turns uh, 39. Wait. No, I'm thinking of somebody else. Are you thinking of Abby Hoffman? The- <laughs> no, you're thinking of Field of Dreams. and Is Things that what you said, 30- Uncle Buck? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, she's 39? Yeah, she, I mean, she was a kid in those movies. How old was she no, in Uncle I, Buck? I, I, I was, okay, never mind. I was thinking of somebody else. Go ahead. You were you, thinking of five. No, I was thinking of the, the, the I was thinking of somebody else. <laughs> Are you thinking of the, uh, the wife in uh, Field of Dreams? Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's Amy Madigan. That's Amy, Amy Madigan. Madigan. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't look at the age here, and I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gabby Hoffman was the little girl who fell off, and Burt Lancaster helped her. Uh, get, okay. You know, she was choking. Okay. Uh, and she's and a little girl in Uncle Buck, and now she's grown up, and she was in a show called Transparent that came out uh, a few years ago. So she was the daughter in Uncle Buck, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, cute little kid. Uh, 39 years old today, Gabby Hoffman. All right, and there you go. Those are your birthdays. Let's see if we can get an answer to this uh, stupid question. What's the name of the Pillsbury Doughboy? Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> Pillsbury Doughboy. I will go to Frank, see if he knows the answer. Hey, Frank, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? Good. All right, Frank, what is the name of the Pillsbury Doughboy? That would be Poppin' Fresh. You got it. Do you remember for a brief period they sold little Poppin' Freshes? Yeah. That you could put your finger in? Absolutely. You could finger it? I had one. They were adorable. Uh, Frank, hang on the line. We are going to set you up with a Blu-ray combo pack of Love and Monsters starring Dylan O'Brien, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. This fun-filled adventure delivers epic action and laughs as a young man makes a dangerous journey in a monster-infested world uh, to be with the girl of his dreams. You can own it now on Blu-ray 4K Ultra HD and digital rated PG-13. That's from Paramount Pictures. Shia LaBeouf and Margaret Qualley are over, according to People. 
The Transformers actor is facing allegations of abuse in the form of a lawsuit filed by his ex, FKA Twigs, and multiple other exes have backed her, saying that he abused them, too. Uh, he's also coming to fire for his bad behavior on set with Olivia Wilde, reportedly ousting him from the current project uh, that they've been working on. She placed him with Harry Styles. He's had a couple, so he's had a couple incidents that have been bad in the past, and yet he seems to keep bouncing back. Yeah, source tells people about the pair uh, that they broke up on Saturday. They're just in different places in just their do it. Uh, they have recently been out seen uh, out together on several occasions. Another insider tells people that the 26 year old Quali is aware of the online backlash. Of her dating an alleged abuser, so uh, they apparently are over. Okay, so that's. Uh, but I, I figured that was coming. Yep. All right. How about this? After being raked across the coals for what critics say is her attempt to fake her Spanish heritage, <laughs> Hilaria Baldwin or Hillary is being uh, is beginning to see the uh, impact on her wallet. The Yogini and Mama Five has lost her brand partnership with Cuties Baby Care. Um, so they said in a statement. Uh, in response to the inquiries we've received, we would like to inform all of our loyal Cuties followers that Hilaria's partnership with Cuties, Cuties Baby Care ended at the end of 2020. Uh, we thank Hilaria for the support she provided in 2020 and wish her and her family continued health and happiness in New York. So the contract had just come to an end or did they cancel know. it prematurely? I don't know. Um, because that, that seems like bullcrap. It sounds like it's the end of a and, uh, contract. And honestly, even if she was pretending that she's Spanish, and I think it's all kind of goofy and it seems kind of dumb on the outside... But if her product line is good, yeah. why, why, you know... Uh, now, is she pretending that she's Spanish? She's pretending she's Spanish. Well, all right, so hang on a second. So she has no Spanish heritage no. whatsoever. No. <laughs> it's okay. so unbelievable. Because, I, you know, the one, uh, quote-unquote, excuse that I had heard is that, you know, her family did... They moved to Mallorca. Yeah. Oh, okay, Mallorca. Yep. Okay. So anyway, uh, Hilaria has previously promoted the products on Instagram, participated in giveaways for the brand. She also deals uh, has deals with Spindrift, Mattel, Fisher Price, and Bissell. Uh, who knows if those will be affected or not? So I guess yeah, it doesn't seem like a, a reason to cancel. It wasn't like she was but, running a meth lab. No, but but maybe a spokesperson might see them as now being perceived as like a, disingenuous or the I credibility issue. Yeah, yeah. So we'll okay, so I'm not Spanish, but I make really good uh, whatever. What is her main product? Uh, that one was Cuties Baby Care, but I make great Cuties Baby Care right, stuff. There you go. Okay, so Tanya Roberts, um, the actress, of course, who passed away recently. If you tell me she's alive, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> no, but I, but I have a cause of death. Okay. Uh, she died from a urinary tract infection. No. Oh, my what? God. Yep. It Are you serious? Yes, it That's developed. usually something you, you have a, a pet dies from. But it developed into sepsis, oh, uh, an outcome that is more common than realized, especially among older women, doctors say. Mm. Uh, Roberts, who was 65, died at Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Do they give an indication if there are any... Um, Symptoms leading up to that? Which did she did she report feeling in ill health? She had a urinary tract infection that spread to her kidneys and gallbladder. Uh, so I don't know if she had been seeing a doctor for that or yeah. not. Um, that's the only Jeez. thing I'm not sure of. The most common type of UTIs begin as bladder infections, which usually respond to antibiotics, but it can become potentially fatal if the infection spreads to the kidneys. Sepsis is a big issue. I bet you, and again, just my opinion, I haven't read anything, I don't know anything about it, but I bet you she wasn't receiving medical attention, and that's why it turned into that. Maybe. Because maybe. They're, they're easily 
Just treatable. Covered. Yeah, treatable. You yeah. you can treat them, and like when you start taking medicine for it, it almost immediately uh, you you get some relief from the pain. So um, I I can't imagine that it would you know turn into this had she been on medicine. Yeah, she might not have known. It is one of the worst feelings in the world. Yeah. You've had them. Oh my god, I've I think I had like two in my life, and. Oh, my God. It is absolutely awful. The first one I got, I was like, what is this? What is going on? Is it mainly painful urination or is it does it hurt it's when, like, before, uh, when you're not you're going to the bathroom? Oh, yeah. No, when you're not going. Like, really? it's, it's pain all of the time. So, like, for me, it felt like I had to go to the bathroom all of the time. But okay. Like, so but, like, super, super painful. Had to go to the bathroom, but nothing was wow. there to come out. Mm. And so then when you try, it hurts even more. Wow. And I don't know if this is the case for you, Kathy, but for some women, it's directly connected to uh, to sex and the timing of urination. So if, if a woman were supposed to, to pee after sex, yeah, basically. If, if a woman were well, right. just pee during sex, guys pay for that. <laughs> uh, but it can See lead videos. Yeah. Well, it can lead to uh, it can lead to problems, and then you usually have to get a prescription for it. Yeah. Do you, do you guys? So you know, after sex, I I feel uh, the need for speed. No, I, I need to go pee fairly occasionally. You know, that's part of the deal, right? Occasionally. Yeah. Um, I tried to do it right before, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I'm always I'm always I'm always slamming the water. You know, because it gets Right. vigorous. Well, we have like we should always go afterwards. That's just like, and okay. if you don't, yeah, a lot of times this will happen. I have a sponsor, uh, and it's a technical. I know, and every Kathy. time I do it, I'm like UTI. Not UTI <laughs> is, is the, and oh, I, I've right. almost said something, but I'm like, well, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> send a negative to them. But anyhow, so uh, to. Tell you a little bit about sepsis. It occurs when the body's immune system goes haywire huh. when trying to stamp out an infection that has gotten into the bloodstream, and then it starts attacking your own organs. Uh, up to 31% of sepsis cases start as UTIs, representing 2.8 million to 9.8 million cases in the U.S. and Europe, leading to as many as 1.6 million deaths. I, w- so I wonder, that's apparently the word. Percentage wise, how many women experience this? Because of not following the post-sex urination. I, I think, I mean, I think that's like one of, the, that was just like, we were always taught, right. yeah, like go to the bathroom after that. But like, I have a cousin who, um, I don't know if hers is related to that, but she gets them like so often that mm. her doctor has her, uh, the the prescription ready for her to go like whenever she needs it mm, because okay. you need to get it in pretty quick. All right. Uh, Bachelor host Chris Harrison has gotten the bobblehead treatment. Uh, Harrison said of the new collectibles, I feel like I've finally made it by having a bobblehead. <laughs> we had bobbleheads years ago. Yeah. So the he said these are so fun and the perfect addition to any dramatic event. Uh, they are available exclusively through the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. Are we in Milwaukee. that? I don't I think so. It. I tell you which one should be is the very large African-American man with a tree stump for a penis. Uh, that bobble penis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's hilarious. It's, it's the best. It's awesome. It's hilarious. We need to get one. I don't know how we get one, but we need to get one. Sad news. Miley Cyrus is grieving for her dog, Mary Jane. Uh, she was uh, posting on social media yesterday. According to her Instagram story, the Pitbull mix was diagnosed with cancer over a year ago, and she was advised to spend every second savoring her special spirit. Uh, she explained that she had to put down her pet and best friend of nearly 10 years in order to spare her from further pain. I sense her pain so much, I'm not going to do the impression. Uh, Cyrus wrote, I thanked her repeatedly as uh, she took her last breath for who and what she has been to me. It was something more than my friend than a friend or family member. Uh, something so different, you can't define it. Or it's true. Our connection was purely divine and incomparable love. 
Uh, so you she, love the hell out of them. She adopted Mary Jane in 2012. So sad news. Uh, sad. Uh, Johnny Depp's crib was hit with a by a would be burglar, but uh, fortunately for him and his neighbors, cops nabbed a suspect before she could get away. Uh, law enforcement sources tell TMZ a woman possibly homeless broke into Depp's Hollywood Hills home over the weekend. I saw an overhead shot of it. Looks like a castle. It sure know. does. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Sometimes you get lost. So the break-in <laughs> triggered the home's security system. Where's the cereal cabinet? And uh, cops were called. Uh, sources say the keeps. that the woman may have been spooked by the alarm system because she took off before cops arrived, but. Uh, they say they found her nearby and also connected her to another recent burglary. Instead of an alarm in the house present to scare people out, they just had the audio of him doing the Captain Jack Sparrow thing. Oh, and it really? becomes so annoying that everyone leaves. <laughs> uh, it's unclear if the woman took anything from uh, Johnny's <laughs> yeah, home. Yeah, take a look at the Here's the picture up in the studio. Look at this house. Looks like oh, a castle. I yeah, so, love so it. Is yep. it ju- it's just, he's the only one in it now, right? I would think so. Who is, unless he's dating someone. Yeah, yeah, that's a stunning home. Maybe invites Peter DeLuise over from and you know 21 what? Jump Street. It looks a little different than other California homes because it's it's surrounded by woods. Yeah. Uh, which you don't really, usually those are wide open with uh, with lots of open grounds. Open and so stuff, on, but, but this is woods. That's beautiful. It's woods, and they like to feed the squirrels. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of acreage. Yeah, yeah. Especially where he lives. Uh, Dr. Dre has reached a temporary financial agreement with his estranged wife, Nicole Young, as their multi-million dollar divorce battle continues to wage on. Uh, the producers agreed to pay a staggering $2 million to cover her living expenses until April. Till April. Yeah, till April. <laughs> Can you get by? I don't know. What the happens is, though, the the, the judges will, will say, well, you've been, a, a, you've become accustomed mm-hmm. to this lifestyle. Absolutely. And listen, he's... Insanely loaded. Incredibly, I'll, I'll get to his... Remember, his, he, he sold Beats headphones. Yeah, I'll get to his financial details yeah. in a moment. Court documents obtained by People Thursday confirmed the stipulation had been reached between the parties. By late Tuesday, a source told people that he was lucid in recovery, of course, after he would suffered a stroke the other day. Yeah. Uh, soon after, he was in stable condition and provided a health update on Instagram. In June, Young filed for divorce from Dre and cited irreconcilable differences as the cause of their split after 24 years of marriage. Man. Uh, they have a son, uh, Truce, and a daughter, Truly. Uh, and he is a father to four children from a previous relationship, and they are Tyra, LaTanya, Danielle, Marcel, and Curtis. Truce and Truly? His, yeah. I, I don't know. Truly? Um, truly scrumptious. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, From... Um, uh, oh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's right. Yep. Uh, so his late son, I'd forgotten he had a son who had passed away. Uh, Andre Young Jr. died in 2008. He was only 20 years old. Huh. By the way, in 2019, Forbes estimated Dre's net worth at $800 million, <laughs> which ranked him at number two on the year's list for the world's wealthiest hip-hop artists in December of that same year. He topped the earnings of the decade list with nine hundred and fifty million, and that was mostly a result of his Beats Electronics empire. So, so what 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 is his current wealth estimated? At? I don't know his okay. current, but in in two thousand nineteen, it was nine hundred fifty million dollars. <laughs> He's probably doing okay. I don't know what he got for the Beats deal, but the the deal itself was three billion dollars, and that was back in twenty fourteen. That was sold to Apple, was it? Sold yeah, to Apple? Apple yeah, Apple bought yeah, it yeah. Uh, for uh, from Dr. Dre and uh, Jimmy Iovine for three bill. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was sad to hear. Broadway and Police Academy star Marion Ramsey passed away. She was 73. She played Laverne Hooks, the quiet one. Uh, Ramsey died at her home in Los Angeles on Thursday morning. I was uh, upset to see this. Uh, You just love those those 
those characters, you know, she didn't she didn't do a ton in movies. She had a she had a full career, but you mainly know her from that. And... Were they brilliant movies? No, they were fun popcorn movies. Yeah. And uh, we had had Steve Gutenberg on just a little while ago, and he did one of, in one of the Lava Lanches. Yeah. Uh, um, the uh, or whatever the yeah the tarantulas the yeah lava lanchula yeah. yeah uh they did sort of a quasi police reunion and she was on that so police academy they did the she was on from the very beginning in 1984 yeah. along with Steve Gutenberg and Kim Cattrall was in that one if you remember and yep. G W Bailey Ramsey was also known for her Broadway performances in shows like Hello Dolly and the Los Angeles production of Little Shop of Horrors and she appeared in the production of Miss Moffat with Betty Davis believe it or not I didn't know that and she was born in Philadelphia. No. I don't know her story of as far as how long she lived here or or if she you know she was grew up here or not dating Larry Fine. Uh wow, that's yeah. what a couple. And uh she began acting as early as 1976. <laughs> she appeared in the Jeffersons as uh-huh. Tracy Davis and landed a recurring role on the Bill Cosby sketch comedy show Cause. She was also on uh, Beverly Hills 90210 and MacGyver as well. How many police academy movies were there? Oh, uh, there were uh, on my like six, six, seven. I think there were maybe six even eight. Right. They went to Russia at one point. <laughs> like, right. they completely. <laughs> See, like I police, forgot about that one. Police academy. Police academy two was like uh, <laughs> citizens on patrol. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I enjoyed Casey, that one. Casey, do you remember That's the subtitle for the uh, Russian one? Oh no, I don't. Mission to Moscow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That one came out in 94. Uh, oh, man. And then they had City Under Siege, ones I've never heard of before. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, she was a longtime advocate for HIV and AIDS awareness, by the way. Uh, survived by three brothers. So, sad news. Uh, I was happy to see this because, per Steve's suggestion, I started watching a show last year. And Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to star in the second season of Prodigal Son. And are you uh, watching Prodigal Son? No, is it good? Uh, it yeah. is really good. So yeah. you, you take, you know, uh, uh, talking about profiling and, and all of that stuff. You have a son whose dad is a, uh, was a serial killer. It's pretty much Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter, yeah. Without the eating part. Right, right. Um, and but there's more. There's more to the story. And Lou Diamond Phillips, who we talked to, yeah. I think, twice to talk about that right. show, has has been on. He's in it as well. And the he's cast. really kind of his, his real father as far as the way he treats him. Right. Yeah. Uh, the cast is great. So she's going to be on it. The 51-year-old actress has been cast in the drama series as Dr. Vivian Capshaw, the resident MD at Claremont Psychiatrics, who uh, delighted in assigning... Uh, menial cleaning duties to Michael Sheen's character, and he's fantastic in that show as Dr. Martin Whitley. Uh, when the serial killer is assigned to uh, infirmary duty, only to realize that he could prove more valuable than she expected when he becomes more adept at treating patients. Right. Uh, Fox Entertainment President Michael Thorne uh, said uh, Zeta Jones is the perfect foil for the brilliant Michael Sheen. So it should be pretty I'm cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. By the way, she um, had recently injured her foot. Uh, she was uh, she was well, kicking the crap out of Michael Douglas. No, they were putting up decorations in her home, uh, in their home, and she posted a video on Instagram of her foot wrapped in an ice bag, and she said, so I was putting up my Christmas de- decorations, and an iron rod that's supposed to be a sculpture, which I don't even like, fell on my foot. Oh, man. Now it hurts. Uh, Catherine, <laughs> she was uh, in pain. She's very yeah. much in pain. Uh, Catherine then went on to share another Instagram post in which she revealed she would now be unable to carry out household chores now that she's injured. What household chores does she do? She's on the mend right now. You think she and Michael Douglas uh, Jr. uh, split up the chores? Maybe. 
Uh, Paramount has acquired the film adaptation of Monty Python musical Spamalot from Fox. Are they going to make that into a movie? They are. I uh, think they've done this movie to musical. Now to, to movie. movie version of the musical. Yeah. They've done it a couple times. So I guess the producers Most might be a good example Producers of to movie... Uh, to, to musical. To movie, to movie musical. musical. Yeah, so I think they're doing the yeah. same thing. Uh, it's based on, of course, a 1975 film, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and is a parody of King Arthur. Uh, the film version was shelved at Fox when Disney purchased the company's film and television division, 21st Century Fox. The stage play has a different plot... From Money Python and the Holy Grail, so I don't know the plot. I, I saw it. Spam a lot. Yeah, I saw a spam a lot. I can't remember what the differences are. I remember um, it was okay. I thought, but okay, people were raving on it. It's the same way I felt about the stage version of uh, Young Frankenstein. Okay, uh, Eric Idle is penning the script with songs by Idle and John Duprez, uh, Casey Nicklau, who choreographed the spam lot musical. <laughs> is serving as director. I think with Monty Python and Steve, you'll probably agree with this, you really have to be in the right mood because sometimes it can be annoying and other times it's the funniest thing you've ever seen and I, yes. I don't know what the difference is. Maybe you get, you get there's too much of it or it's, you know, the um, the Mike Myers effect of just the overexposure or, right, right. or whatever. But I, there have been many moments in my life where I've thought Monty Python is the funniest thing I've ever seen and then after a stretch you're like, eh, I'm a little tired of Monty Python. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Uh, the, like the last time I watched I really enjoyed it because uh, I was watching with my son and uh, and I was like, okay, this is me, you know, yeah, yeah, watching ago. something I watched at his age yeah. and getting a kick out of that aspect. Of and it. you remember how damn funny it was. I did the same thing actually with uh, one of the Christopher Guest films the other day, a movie I absolutely love. I was watching uh, Waiting for Guffman and I didn't find it as funny hmm. this time around. And I just hope it was whatever mood I was in, you know, because I love yeah. those Sometimes things... Fi- on yeah. the Monty Python thing, what killed it for me after a while was actually the Monty F- Python fanatical fan base yeah. that was always barking back the skits to you. But, yeah, you take a breather, revisit it, yeah. you know, I, you, some, you, you change. Also, your sensibilities change. Now you're all about the number five. Yep. I am. the number. Well, it was uh, <laughs> straight up five. <laughs> straight up. Yeah, Steve Austin. All right. So uh, let's see here. Uh, Courtney Cox is super excited to be back with her partner, Johnny McDade. Uh, the pair who have been mostly on, occasionally off for seven years were apart for nine months due to uh, the quarantines. And he was over in Europe, right? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I think he was Steve. in England. I think he's a. Oh. Is he a chef? Uh, I don't know. I've never. I'm asking too many questions. <laughs> so, she, as if you all are Courtney Cox experts. She shared a selfie of them on Instagram stories and captioned it "Into the Woods." Yeah, I, I thought he was overseas and couldn't get over here to his Courtney Cox loving. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know what? We'll just uh, we'll move right on to the clips and get to that. We don't have any movies opening. I didn't see any movies opening, yeah. That sucks. We don't get to play the song. Oh, man. Uh, All right. So after a one-night stand, successful businessman finds himself entangled in a manipulative police detective's murder scheme in Fatal. In this clip, Michael Ely opens up about what it was like to work on set with Hillary Swank. Here we go. Working with Hillary was ideal on so many levels. Um, The opportunity to play with somebody like that was not only a dream come true, but a great learning experience, right? If she's going to whip out an AK-47, you better have a 50 caliber. It is insane. Um, <laughs> you know, a, a 45 won't do. 
You just have to bring it. I don't. I don't want to. I don't think I want to see it. Uh, Fatal is in theaters now. That dude is a good-looking dude. Have you ever seen? He's, uh, he's been in a couple no, things. No. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, he we're was looking a, at him now. Yeah, He was actually in a show with Carl Urban where he played kind of an android. It was a really good sci-fi show. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, Lee stop Lee. it already. All right, here's the next clip. Wonder Woman faces off with Cheetah and Maxwell Lord and must muster all of her strength, compassion, and courage as she crusades to save mankind in Wonder Woman 1984. In this clip, Gal Gadot discusses what it was like to wear her signature battle armor. Golden armor is not something a woman would ever try on. It took a lot of work in in terms of getting the look right and making sure it's still practical so we can move in it. But it it was so worth it, and I'm so happy we did it. I want to see you naked. (laughs) Uh, Wonder Woman is 1984 is now in theaters available to stream on HBO Max. Um, I'd mentioned, you know, a few times after the break how terrible I thought the movie was. Yeah. I, somebody was very upset with me about that fact and emailed me and I'm like, okay, I'll just, you know. And, and, and no, it's personal opinion. It's, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I was, I, listen, she's great as Wonder Woman and I think in, in her outing, she's, it, you couldn't cast it better. I think there, there's been a tremendous, um, response that is less than, even from complete fanboys and fangirls about it. Yep. And to talk about the, that armor that she's describing, I don't want to give away too much, but it's 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 built up as this legendary armor that helped protect one of their revered historical figures in the Amazonian community. Meh. It takes about five seconds to break it. Hey, I tell you what, man, Kristen Wiig, boy, does she look sexy in this movie. She does. I've always had a thing for her, and, uh, you know, uh, they, uh, for a slim moment of the yeah. movie, they, they they make her this really... Well, you know how they make her ugly? They have She wears glasses. I know. Oh, yeah. And she's oh. absolutely hideous. That's disgusting. Uh-huh. And yeah, then they, she, she takes them off, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and she drops things, too. That's oh. disgusting. I was hoping for so much more. Well, what happened? Oh, to, okay, not, and I don't want to nitpick, but you have this trained Amazonian warrior who loses a bit of her power. Mm-hmm. She's fighting a completely untrained warrior who has a bit more power now just because of the way things are going. She should still be able to kick her ass, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, uh, here's the deal. The movie sucked. It was built up, and we waited for months and months and months because it was supposed to come out at a certain point, and so, so you had all this stuff that you... You know, building up, and you were excited about it. It sucked. I'm sorry. Yeah, it it just sucked. And here's, and I've read this, and a lot of the people, and again, people who are very supportive of of the the films. I am. I love them. Yeah, me too. Uh, 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 but um, they said, here's why this ended up as being the big budget movie that goes direct mm-hmm. to to uh, the streaming service uh, initially because they were getting. The idea that it wasn't going to do well, yeah, and so that's what happened. Well, I mean, yeah. I um, in the very first scene in the mall, I was like, "Oh no, I know." Uh, Steve and I were talking it, about yeah. that. We're like, even it, this, oh, it's not a good fight. Yeah. No, and it's, like, it's, right. and I was like, "Oh, this is this is this is a terrible indication. This is how you're opening the movie. This is uh, this is bad." Yeah. All right. <laughs> Anyhow, that's enough of the Wonder Woman. Uh, we need to take a break because we need to stay on time if we can. Today is the beginning of No Sad Dough. Yeah! 
$500. Seven times your opportunity to win today. Two of them alone with us on the Preston and Steve Show. And we will begin at 8 a.m. with your first chance. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Details, by the way, on how the game goes at WMMR.com if you need to take a look. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Shot at cash seven times a day starting Friday. Listen even hours. That's 8 and 10 a.m., noon, 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. Get the keyword, then text it to 45911 or enter it via WMMR.com or our app to also get qualified for the $10,000 grand prize. See official rules and details at WMMR.com. No sad dough. No sad dough. Starting Friday from 933 WMMR. Everything that rocks. So Casey asked an interesting question off air about an hour ago. And we started to have a little, uh, not a debate, but a discussion about it on air and thought, well, maybe this is something we need to present. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, let's go. Let's go where, where we maybe should not tread, but we will. We'll yeah, go and you know what? It stemmed off of a meme that both Kathy and I saw. Oh, okay. Um, uh, let me send the meme to uh, Marissa as well. So. She can share it on social media. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so it was the question you asked me. Yeah. Was. I asked you if you shared a shower. If you and, and oh, yeah. Rochelle. That's how you started it. Yeah. Shower in the same shower. And we do. Correct. We do. Okay. And then you followed it up with. Do you clean her hair out of the shower drain? Okay. So the hair ball that forms in the drain. The down there hair. The da- well, no. It's, <laughs> no, it's well, it is down there. It does look like head. a bush, though. Yeah, it sure mm-hmm. does. If it's, you look down at the drain, sometimes it looks like a big old hairy disco it, bush. It, yeah, it's a wet yeah. merkin. Yeah. And it's not always, it's, um, it's not always uh, obvious that the drain is uh, clogged not draining up, right? as quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. It's not, like, it's not always like, oh, there's a big clump of hair on top of the drain. Sometimes it gets um, caught up underneath the drain. Correct. And you don't notice until you're like, wait a second, the, the water's not draining out of this shower as quickly as it should. And, um, and, and then you have to investigate, and, and then you end up taking the hair out of the drain. So I will... Uh, yes, I will clean it sometimes. So, which leads me to believe uh, that uh, she probably does it as well. I've never really asked her before because yeah. otherwise I would be doing it all the time and going, why don't you do this? Or yeah. does it just build up and then you do it? So, I, no, when I mean, you take Rochelle it out, has really long hair. Right. So, so you it, don't. Uh, no, I just have average length hair. And um, so I will do it from time to time, but not often enough to where it kind of. Annoys gets you. stuck in my craw because yeah. I think it's stuck in Casey's craw. Well, so that's all right. What are you pulling well, so, Ewoks so, out of that thing? Well, no. So the meme basically said uh, it was a girl standing in front of Case who was who was swamp the, thing, swamp thing, <laughs> and it said uh, me saying goodbye to my hairballs uh, before they become my husband's problem. Basically, meaning that the women don't clean their hairballs out of the drain, and it's left then for the husband or the partner to clean it out. Okay, real quick, Case, how big is the drain, and uh, what is like the drain mechanism? Well, what's drain? <laughs> Because oh, there's yours. A couple, yeah, I mean, the, the latest drain that I had to clean out was the sink drain because my wife uh, does her hair, um, you over know, the sink? over, over the, the sink. sink. Okay, um, and this is down the shore, so I, you know, 
essentially, <laughs> there are two showers and, and like, one sink that I have to clean. And so <laughs> it's not my hair, but I'm the one. And I feel like, Preston, if you feel like, all right, well, I clean it out sometimes. And Rochelle cleans it out sometimes. I feel like I clean it out all the time. How often are you cleaning it out? Do you have an idea? No, just whenever once I'm like, a month I'm like, uh, no, no. My guess is what you pull out is sizable enough to make you think it's this, nasty. This hasn't been it cleaned is nasty. in a while, right? And, and yeah, and so the shower down the shore, the part that sucks is the drain. I actually have to unscrew, right? Right. And yeah. and so in the beginning of the summer, I had to go and get uh, you know the screwdriver, and I take the thing off, and this thing was a, it was an absolute monster. It was. Also remember this. It gives me chills well, like, thinking re- about it. Remember so this, nasty. if I may, just to add this this complexion to it. <laughs> the, the the hair that is in that drain has also caught various mm-hmm. rectal shavings and things from your cleaning process. Rectal mm-hmm. shaving? Yes. Sure. When yeah. you clean your butt, right? Uh-huh. When you're when you're washing yourself in uh-huh. dirt. So it's, it's yours too? So here, I it's everyone's. for the past three and a half years, I've had my own shower. Mm. All right. I have my own shower. My drain never backs up because I have no goddamn hair. So this is where I was going to go with this, Steve, because uh, I love my girlfriend to death, but we have two upstairs bathrooms. We have a quote-unquote master bath and then right. a smaller upstairs bathroom. She has and really long hair. She has really long hair, although my hair has gotten long over the last year. I haven't gotten it cut in quite some time, and so I, my hair now clogs the drain as well. But to that point, Steve, right. she just doesn't clean the bathroom at all and i've just given her the master bath because right. I, it was so filthy and disgusting that and and casey the thing was i had to unscrew mm-hmm. the drain in her sh- which is now her shower yeah uh and and clean out the hairballs and because i got so tired of that i just moved to the other bathroom entirely yeah so that i can just deal with my own problems over there okay do you okay <laughs> by the way the, the the hair in in the drain the down there hair yeah. down there. Uh, also think about what else is going down that drain is loads of soap so it's oh, actually okay. probably loads pretty of clean. S- and uh, loads. Yeah. <laughs> and loads. And loads of Casey rubbing them yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. And, I don't and, do that. And, and, and poop. Mm-hmm. No, no, but the it's soap, all washed away. The, the soap washes it away. Does it? Oh, I, no, I was going to say the soap mixed in with the hair. Oh, oh it's gross. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. The, the cleaning it's of the hair is gross. It's my hair, and I can't, I gag if <laughs> I have to clean it out. Uh, by the way, there's a text here coming in. This one says, oh, my God, this is my daily grudge. <laughs> Says you have to get something to guard the drains so all the hair doesn't go down the pipes. What yeah. do you, Casey? Do you use you just bare hands to pull out the hair? Yeah, the down there. Uh, I yeah. use a paper towel because I find it so disgusting. It's so like, gross. I, what's I, no, you get, like, get rubber gloves. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, just, I'll use yeah. a paper towel and then use the paper mm-hmm. towel itself to grab the hair and then pull that uh, out. So, so I'll tell you a weird thing, and it doesn't pertain to hair, but I so I got something that might help you guys with with it's it's a particular kind of drain stop. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, occasionally, when I'm I'm taking my vitamins or whatever over the sink, uh-huh. they'll fall and they'll fall down and go into the. I've the had sink that happen. So um, I'm like, God damn it. And so I saw this thing advertised, and it is the the sink has an actual catch okay. under it, so that when you unscrew it, you can just take it and, and oh. empty it out. It might be th- maybe this product. I think I've seen this. Dan's on the line to mention this. Hi, Dan. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, buddy? So my wife sheds like a like a wild dog. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's this product called the Tub Shroom. It's like a little silicone stopper that has bunches of holes around it. And it catches, I'd say, ninety six percent of the hair. Really, the yeah, tub, yeah, shroom. tub shroom. So we're looking at a, uh, at huh. a video of it here in the studio right now. So it will. 
All you have to do is pull it straight up, and everything's all collected in there. Oh my god, it's I'm, disgusting. It, wow. It's foul, but it's the best. It's foul. That's twelve bucks I've ever spent, dude. Right. I, no, it looks like it's very effective. So you're you're here to say the tub shroom is a winner. It's a winner, a thousand percent. I'd buy stock in it. <laughs> okay, all right. all right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Why is it thanks. that 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 wet? Because you know it's a mix of head and pube. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> I the, mean, well, the, it's time to get real. The soap. Like makes it that much worse for me. It grosses me out. Like to see the so little... the clean part of it is what like, grosses. But to see it, like the white, like cakey. No, because it's dirty. It's soap it, scum. It, yes, yeah, it's, it's like okay. soap scum. Yeah. It's washed all your dirt off. And your your splooge. I I tell you what. When early on in my radio career, I was actually doing an internship, and where I uh, was working, they had. Uh, uh, the guy who ran the radio station owned an apartment complex, so we got to stay there for free, and he had to share an apartment with somebody else who was right. also an intern there. So I shared with this guy. I didn't even know. I don't remember who the hell he was. So anyway, we had been there for like a month, and at some at some point he started yelling at me because the hair in the drain, <laughs> I had long hair at the time, mm-hmm. and I was like, I mean, like, he didn't even, like, lightly mention to me. He'd, like, just <laughs> lean into me. I didn't even notice that there was hair in the drain. And I'm like, wow, some people it really bothers big time. So there, there is a thing of like, oh, damn it, I guess I have to do this again. And, and that uh-huh. and you're a pig. Yeah. And the emotions can run that gamut. Right. Hey, I'll tell you what's uh, opposite. What's the other way around is if the guy doesn't shave in the shower and he shaves in the sink and then he leaves the little hairs around the sink. Yeah. Oh my God! All you have to do is take your hand and just throw a little water on it. Well, you got to learn a few things, like especially when you start living with someone else. And my my wife would reprimand me because I used to fully defecate in the sink. I thought, <laughs> listen, it has a drain too. And she said, no. But but I mean, there there are different things you discover. Right. Uh, uh, the first time you clean a drain, a, a shower drain, you then realize why people get upset about having to do it. Well, all right, so. You know, and there's there's a ton of these, especially in a married household, there's a ton of these little arguments. I could complain about having to clean those things out of the drain. Do you have the option of separate bathrooms? Uh, no. I mean, yes, but okay. no, I'm, I'm not. It's, it's my bathroom. There's five it's, people in your house. Right, it's attached yeah. to Six my people. bedroom. I'm not leaving my bathroom. But but the point I wanted to make was, all right, so I complain about having to, to uh, take the hair out of the drain, and my wife uh, complains. Not, I shouldn't say rightfully complains about having to clean up dried up piss off of the floor. Yeah. You know, Why like are you, you pee floor? on the floor? Well, he doesn't he wants to be unconventional. It's not me. Oh. I don't feel well, or maybe it is me and I just don't know. I don't know that there's dribble or or okay. whatever. <laughs> and maybe you do too, Preston, and you have no idea and your wife cleans it up and doesn't say a word about always, it. Always always mm-hmm. realize that mm-hmm. if you're t- going to talk about, you know, uh, your your issue that you're complaining about, they're probably just kind of saying, "All right, well, I'll accept this uh-huh. because they're accepting that." It's right. a, you know a, a, a balance. Yeah, and yeah, there's exactly. definitely so dribble. I mean, look at the go to the urinals uh, in the, in our bathroom. There is yeah, sure. definitely dribble yeah. underneath. Dribble. Unless yeah, that's you, you get a little piece of toilet paper and wipe no, it up. You just bring your dribble cup. That's what I do. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, actually, a lot of times I will do that at home. Here, I'm not going to. You see those pouches that they put over that, like a horse, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I, I, you're right, though. Regardless, you, you may think there is always splatter of some sort. Yeah. Hold on. What's the difference? Why won't you do it here? Because um, it's not. It's you, your it's pee. Not Wipe fa- it off. It's not familial it's, piss. It's not my bathroom. <laughs> I don't, because I don't have to. And, oh, and when you dribble, this, you don't clean it sound, up? This is going to sound very privileged here, Kathy, but. There are people that get paid to do that here. All right, but oh then don't complain on a, on a daily then don't basis. Don't complain when the, when that bathroom's dirty. 
When did I complain? You complain, but you guys complain about the bathrooms all the time. Oh, oh no, no. Are you talking about the urinal or yeah? The, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're talking about disasters in the toilet. We're talking about snot smeared on the walls. Right. That, that we're talking about. The other day, we walked in both Casey and I, and it looked like someone was had, had opened up their wrists in the uh, yeah, and somebody bled all over the bathroom. To be Things developed. like that. Poop on the toilet seat. Yes, it's that, that same up. thing. You no, pee it's on the toilet seat. Just wipe it up. It's your pee. Urinal's a different thing. You you won't understand. Okay. You don't have to pee. Oh, okay. okay. She misunderstands. Right. I'm talking about dribble on the floor. If I pee on the toilet seat here, yes. I would totally clean yeah, that up. Yeah. 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 Urinals yeah. a whole... I wish you guys had urinals. Got it. But you don't. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> to... Uh, they're fun. Hi, Doug. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, Doug. Is that his name? Greg? Greg. Greg. What's okay. up, Greg? Oh, man. All right. I got a story about a hairball in the in shower drain. All right. So I share a, a camper with my brothers. We have a camper down at the shore, down in Delaware. Uh-huh. And we each have a wife and a kid. And I go down there last summer, and it's a big park model, like a 38-footer or whatever. And it's got a nice size stand-up shower. So I'm standing there taking a shower, and... It's just not draining. It's not draining. It's not draining. It's just foamy soap water in there. So uh, here I am. I find myself, next thing you know, I'm down on my knees in the shower trying to find out what's going on down there. And you can't see nothing. Right. There's nothing hair, right? And then all it is is a drain, and it's, like, shaped like a cross. Okay. So I'm picking in there and picking in there. Oh, no. And it was just, just imagine. Okay? Rather not. And I'm picking in there, and all of a sudden, I just pull out this hairball, and it's like the size of a rat. And it was horrible. My little brother and his wife and his daughter, she's about nine, they all got long hippie hair. And I know it was them. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. A little bit later, I was like, "Look what I found in the shower! I saved, I saved it. I was like, I'm putting it in a zip. We're gonna mount this. <laughs> yeah, where did you shoot that? And I'm gonna write a note, and I'm gonna tape it to the wall in the bathroom. So you pick up your hair. <laughs> hey, all right, now listen, Greg. I gotta come to their defense a little bit. If it is. If it is hidden down within the drain and you do not see it, you can't necessarily blame those guys. You know what I mean? If it's if it's down in yes, where like can. the S curve is and everything, or, or, or if there even is one, I doubt there is. But um, if, if it's down further in and you can't see it, you know, until until it backs up, well, that's if, when you know. Now, if it if backs up, on up them, yes. and they didn't and they didn't do anything yes. about it, then that is definitely their fault and their problem. Oh, they know it was. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's the thing. You're you're walking over it, Thanks, pretending Greg. like you don't see anything, and it's like, how did you not see the? Listen, hey, I can tell. I can one. tell. You shower, You use a shower every morning. Mm-hmm. So, case I, I'm going to back you up on yeah. this. I know when when the water pressure is off slightly. Uh-huh. I know what, if the drain is not draining properly, just a slight bit. It doesn't so don't, just get don't tell all me. Of a sudden. You don't know. Yeah, Marissa. Well, Kathy, I have a girl question for you. Like yeah. when you straighten or curl your hair and it falls into the sink. Do you wash it down the sink or do you collect it while it's dry right there off your head and then throw it out? Uh, okay, wait. Do I collect it off of my head? No. So my hair, yeah, like it'll get all over the sink, all over the counter, all over the floor. Yeah. Yeah. No, I will take that with like a dry tissue, pick it up, and then throw it out. If there's like a few that are left in the sink, then I'll wash it down. Yeah. So, Casey, that's my okay. question to your wife, yeah. Diane. I love you. Yeah. And every woman experiences this. I think you need to stop 
collecting it and washing it down the drain. You need to collect it and take it out immediately right then and there. Okay, yeah, I think it's smart if you make it part of your routine. Yeah, yeah. But you're talking and, about you're talking about like drying your hair outside of the shower. Right. Yeah. Yes, which is different. And yeah. the shower thing too is is right after the shower. Uh, mine actually happens uh with a fresh shower. Like it will have collected cuz like you, you the shower turns off, the hair is kind of like all over the tub and then it like collects in the drain and then the next time you go in the shower Clean it's it there. <laughs> so like you kind of notice it backing up, you have to reach down, cl- like pick it up as it's like that little clump, put it on the side and oh, then God. you start the thing. I have a Kathy question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So what you said when you're when you're you're drying your hair and it gets on the sink and all over the place you need a tissue to pick that hair up too. Does well, that just hair... to like collect it. It's all. your like, hair. It's easier. That, that, I do the same that thing. Gross you out. No. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So the dry just hair doesn't gross me out. I see you out. playing with your hair all the time. No. That would no. Be... Okay. All right. let, let me ask you then. I, I, so, <laughs> all the cards on the table. When you're in the shower <laughs> and you're cleaning yourself in 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 you know the caboose. <laughs> you're you... asking me about how I wash my ass. Yeah. How do you? Yeah. How do you? Yeah. Do you use a rag? Do you use a? Uh, do you use just your hand? I use my hand. That's what I do. I use the you're, soap. You got, you're in the got shower. Soap you got soap in it. Yeah. I use the soap. Yeah. On your, no, on no, 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 no. Oh, like yeah. a, like a bar. Like a bar. Yeah. Like, oh, oh. Whoa. What do you mean? You have said before. That a used bar of soap is gross to you. Well, I'll, I'll wash. So if it's not you, mine, yeah. I will rinse the soap Do you put it on the end? Right. Do you okay. use like yeah. a salad salad tongs? I don't shove it. Up in your butt. Right. Okay. You, just, you cup it in your hand. Yeah. Do yeah. you? So I take, I will lather up my hands. That's and what I, I do. You right. lather, okay. Yeah. No, we yeah. shower together. Sure, no, yeah. I actually, yeah, I actually use the, the soap. I don't do what you guys yeah. do. Okay. When I use bar soap, that's the way I did it. Especially but I that area, either. though, because I feel like it needs to yeah. be really clean. Right. Now, <laughs> in the front area, do you put soap on a cucumber? Let me go to Nick. <laughs> Nick. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Preston. Well, two things real quick. I use a separate bar of soap. For the caboose, yeah, you know, so that that bar of soap is. You have dedicated. a separate ass soap. Uh, no, I have a, a bar of soap in the shower, and okay. I use that for that area. I'm not going to then take that bar of soap and apply it to my face. <laughs> right, I right, find right. that a little gross. It's probably stupid, but I do. No, I understand. I, I have a follow up to Marissa's question, and this is just a tech question um, because Marissa, the the long hair that you would have or the, uh, the Kathy would have that ends up in the sink, I can see why that would need to be collected uh, and then tossed. When a guy shaves his face, and there's just facial facial shavings in the sink. Can you just wash that yes. down? Yeah. But okay. it also when I do, on I, how much. Well, I, just I shave the most yeah. of, of, of you guys. So when I shave, I'm having little, you know, little. Yeah. You have little li- li- Little clippings. And then I, I wash. But I you, you also have to run the water a little bit a to little make bit. sure you're going down. But it does just, it'll just go down the drain, right? Yes. Like you don't have to worry about well, that? No. It, it depends on what you're shaving, Nick, because right. I will use, um, I'll use an electric razor to trim the beard down. To, right. To a certain, I have a guard on it so it comes down a certain level. And I would do that for years just over the sink and then wash all that stuff down and one time it clogged up on me from that i could clearly see yeah, shavings yeah, yeah. coming yeah, up yeah, okay. so i stopped doing that oh, what i will do is that when when the sink we're talking about all our bathroom <laughs> habits here mm-hmm. i will i will pull before i use the sink before i get it wet at all i will close the drain yeah i will shave i will use my my oh. electric razor i will shave over that me too dump it all into and then i will kind of scoop it up and then go dump it in the toilet. Me too. Uh, okay. So I, sh- see- I shave my, I use my electric trimmer on my pubes over the toilet. And you know what? The well, fun- that makes the sense funny- I- I've done that too. Yeah. The funny thing about what the first time, I- the first couple times I was, I was putting my my shavings in the toilet. I'm like, <laughs> well, it clogged up the sink. Will it clog up the toilet? And I was saying, my like, 
Wait, I crap in that. Thing. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> good. I think you I'm sent okay. much you're bigger good. luggage down that one. Now, Press, your um, method of getting it from sink to toilet is is different than mine, and mine is closer and similar to Kathy's. But Kathy, I don't use a dry tissue. What I like to do is dampen ah. the uh, toilet paper because that makes it more. It'll pick it up <laughs> easier. Yeah, it makes it more uh, gluey. Yeah, Marissa. I love that we're having this conversation because I literally had this conversation with a friend in high school. I'm not one to, to ask personal questions like this with other people, but I was talking to a friend and I was like, hey, do you ever like notice that there's hair all over the floor after you're straightening it? And she goes, yeah, well, I just lean my head over the sink and it all collects in the sink. So we need to have these conversations. We are doing due diligence. I think you're right. Wait society. a second. Let you me ask you. Is there is there a case to be made that you, if you ever see when a pet gets, a, gets something done in operation and keep yourself from biting it, a collar, a cone? What, <laughs> yeah. if, what if you... If you're in the shower, you might drown. <laughs> no, yeah. outside though. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, it would only fill yeah. up to about lip level. Yeah, a little below. Yeah. You know what? Though, like outdoor showers are awesome because this problem doesn't exist in an outdoor shower. The, the hair you can just wash it away and, and it goes into where the it creek. goes. It's a bigger yeah. drain. Yeah, to the, the, but the ocean. A drain in those in an outdoor shower, right? No, no. not always. No, sometimes it's just planks. It like, gets just plywood. Sometimes it's just your neighbor's hot tub. Yep. Uh, no, Marissa, it is important we're having this discussion because when, when my roommate at the time was yelling right. at me, I had no idea. I didn't know. He, and he was doing it, it was accusatory as if I wow. was doing it on purpose. And I'm like, wow, dude. You, you need, need to, to back chill. off. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Uh, I want to go to Jason. Hi, Jason. You are on the air. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Good. What's up, buddy? Uh, so I, I was in the Navy. When you're in the Navy and assigned to a ship, there's certain maintenance activities that you have to do on a regular basis. And I'll tell you, cleaning out the shower drains of showers that are used by hundreds of guys on a ship oh, out at sea <laughs> is probably one of the most disgusting things oh. you'll ever do, pulling out hair and soap scum and progeny. Even, oh. even though you guys are, you know, the hair is cropped pretty damn tight in the Navy, and oh. there were still oh, a lot yeah. of hair clumps? Oh, sure. When you got 200 guys using a shower. Right. <laughs> And okay. It adds up. Besides, yeah. it's kind of the Navy thing to grow your bush as big as you can. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, let, let, I didn't think about that. Let me yeah. ask you then. So when you do it as a professional, you're coming in from an angle of someone who's done it on, on, on a large scale. How do you prep for that? I, I assume you're wearing uh, rubber gloves and so on and so forth. What Any tricks of the trade you can pass along? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, rubber gloves up to your elbows, uh, mm. you know, eye protection, uh, you know, hazmat suit, whatever you can. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. I tell you what, we've done the confessions of uh, thing. We should do confessions of a plumber sometime. Oh, because God, yeah. Because the stuff those guys see, like Roto-Rooter workers and mm-hmm. stuff, I, I saw, I think it was um, um, Undercover Boss one time. They, yes, they did. Yeah. And, and just on this guy's... Walking, going around with these guys, they saw some just disgusting, disgusting. stuff. Dirty jobs. Yeah. It's done it a couple of times where they mm-hmm. go into just standard house plumbing, mm-hmm. septic tanks, the things that get, he, uh, the description of the earlier caller who said he pulled out basically a rat. Yep. From, that's the kind of stuff they see. I'm going to go to uh, Mario. Mario, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, get some with some cheese on it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was my dad. Direct quote from my dad. What's up, Mario? Hey, so listen, I was in apartment maintenance for uh, like seven years. Uh, I took care of 400 apartment units. Wow. And, yeah, I have got some stories if you got time. But, no, uh, you guys should think about Casey and Nick. You guys are talking about just grabbing it with your hands or paper towel. Um, Home Depot or Lowe's sell something called a zip it. It's like a thin piece of plastic. It's like three bucks. Uh, 
and it you don't have to you, you have to touch the zip it but if you wear gloves like the other dude said you, you shouldn't have to touch well, it. what is the zip it is it what does it look like it's basically a piece of plastic with a uh, backward facing barb so when you stick it in and you pull it out it mm-hmm. pulls the hair away okay so oh, like kind of yeah. kind of like a hook yeah yeah so you yeah. Have it down in there it's got so, multiple hooks on it and just absolutely that's perfect yeah, all that perfect. stuff comes out yeah so listen that picture of that you'll you'll be able to see exactly what it does mm. and like it's it's super easy i mean i would definitely suggest the whole uh, gloves and uh, make sure something's over your mouth because that stuff likes to sling a little bit. You know oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. uh, stuff oh, like nasty. that. Trust. Dude, I clean. So Thanks, the man. other day, just to, not to get gross, I'm, you know, I clean. We have 13 cat boxes, I think. And yeah, whatever the latest number is. And so I'm doing it and I, I'm holding the bag and we clean them twice a day. So like, Kathy, you came over to the house one time. You couldn't tell. You yeah, know, no, you can't we, smell we, cats. We keep, we keep it absolutely clean. So I'm, I'm I'm loading the the stuff in the bag. The bag ba- stretched out and splattered oh, on, man. on my face. Oh my god, gnarly. <laughs> yes, Nasty. time to move. Yeah. All right, uh, we we have to take breaks. We got some guests coming up. We got No Sad Doe, our first chance. But thank you for the calls. By the way, a couple of good suggestions, and I want to thank. Uh, let's see, who was it? Um, Paul, who we're not going to be able to go to, says he, when he cleans out the drain. He he puts his wife's hair on the on the shower wall. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, leaves it as a little gift for her. my roommate in college. That's how she would shower. She would shower, and when she, like basically when she would wash her hair, she'd pull the hair off of the ends or whatever was coming out, and she'd put it on the shower wall. And leave it. No, god. and then when she was finished, she would wipe it off. But there was plenty of t- there were plenty of times where she forgot, oh. and we would go to get in the shower, and her hair was all over the wall. We're like, what are you doing? Paul says to do it as kind of a signal to say. Clean out the you drain. need to up your game. I don't know how it's been yeah. working for him, but who knows. All right, listen, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. B-File is on the way, as well as No Sad Doe. First shot at winning $500 seven times alone today. And then we got a number of guests joining us, so make sure you stay with us. Innovator. Ziggy Icon. Adopted son of Philadelphia. David Bowie. This weekend... 93.3 WMMR celebrates the birthday of the Thin White Duke with featured blocks of songs from his legendary catalog, including live cuts recorded right here in Philadelphia. David may be gone, but his musical legacy lives on all this weekend. This is Happy birthday, David. From 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. So we got about three minutes till eight. You think I should just hold on for the yeah. bizarre file and then, yeah. then we'll get into No Sad Doe? It would be nice to Let's kick do it, it off. on the money. Right on top. No pun intended. Right. Then I got a couple of um, things I can pass along. Uh, I got this. Okay, here's a follow-up to a mistake I made yesterday, <laughs> and I'm glad they actually pointed this out. It was uh, actress Linda Kozlowski's birthday Mm. yesterday from Crocodile Dundee. And I had said that she was in the movie Dragon Slayer, and that's where uh, she was naked, and it was the first boobies Casey had ever seen. I was wrong. She wasn't in Dragon Slayer. It was actually an actress named Caitlin Clark. And the reason I got that mixed up is because Caitlin Clark actually has a bit role in Crocodile Dundee. Oh. So Caitlin Clark was the lead in the role of that movie, and it was... Her boobies that you okay. saw for the first time ever, Casey. There you go. So thank you to uh, Crazy Bob, who uh, emailed me 
about that. So I, I do appreciate the follow up on that. And unfortunately, she passed away in 2004 because I looked up her information oh, earlier sucks. this morning. Yeah. Um, here is uh, let's see. Here's a shard out. I'm I'm gonna. I've been hitting. Pr- well, I'll wait on that uh, one. It's hell? not for a few more weeks, so I'll wait. You have the one that I gave you for because yeah. it's for today. Yep. This says uh, this was sent to Nick. Says my wife. Chris uh, Benach or Benash and I are formally from Chester County and are <clears throat> avid podcast listeners. Uh, Chris emails you with uh, emails with you occasionally, and we have been in studio a few times to watch the show live. She would love to hear her name on her birthday, January 9th, if possible. Well, we're not working tomorrow, so can you give her a shout out? Thank you in advance. Uh, that is from Jeff. So a shout out. To the birthday girl, which is tomorrow, so a little bit on the early side. And uh, can I, you know, we got another couple yeah. of seconds here. I uh, just want to do a thank you here because I got a, an anonymous, and I'm putting in quotations, anonymous gift uh, from a listener. and just said, uh, hey, this is a small thank you for you do. Uh, thank you for making a stranger smile. And it's these really cool socks from South Fellini. If you guys remember, South Fellini are the ones yeah. that made a huge banner for us down at the Camp Out for Hunger. They're and awesome. so these socks are really cool. They say crumb bum on them, and they're like eagles green and stuff like that. Those but great. this girl who wanted to remain anonymous was not because her name's on the um, on the packaging slip here. So I want to say thank you and a shout-out to, I think, I hope it's Crystal McCabe. So I'll give so, her a thank you. Thank you. Wait, she wanted to remain anonymous Yeah, you so just she, said her name? on her. Well, she didn't say she wanted to remain anonymous, but she didn't sign her name on the oh, thing okay. here. I got you. But I said, please, I know who I'm, you are. I'm on the FBI witness relocation <laughs> program. Yeah, yeah, don't use my and name. promotion of my name might lead to my uh, mafia murder. By the way, I love these crumb bum They're great, don't they? Yeah. Dude, these are awesome. Dude, South Fellini has some really, really cool stuff, man. They, they really do. Um, Word. Oh, yeah. Marissa just brought in a crumb bum hat. I have I have that hat. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and by the way, thank you to Marissa for posting my quote on our Instagram <laughs> account this morning. And it says, good welcome to you all, <laughs> Preston Elliott. Uh, oh, and one last thing, and then we'll then we'll do we'll dive into uh, yep. no sad deal. Uh, we have a daily rush video. The freshest one is up for your consumption. It is called <laughs> "A Moment of Silence for Casey's Bad Joke." It's great. Um, it says the governor has ordered flags at half staff. <laughs> you can watch that video now at PrestonTheSea.com, sponsored by Punchline Philly Fishtown's first comedy club, restaurant, and bar. All right, you guys ready? Yeah, let's do this. Ninety-three-three WMMR presents. All right, this is it. Your first chance, one of seven for today alone to win $500. So I have a keyword for you. This keyword for the 8 a.m. hour is up. U-P, two letters, that's it, up, as in the direction you go up, all right? You have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. Three ways to do it via text to the special contest short code number, which is 45911. Do not send it to our regular text number. Four five nine one one, or to be automatically entered for the ten thousand dollar grand prize. Enter it on the MMR app or at wmmr.com. One random entry wins five hundred dollars in our company wide contest. That person will get a call from Beasley. So be sure to answer your phone. Oh. Contest rules are available at wmmr.com. Seven chances to win each weekday: eight, ten, twelve noon, two, four, six, and eight p.m. So the next chance is at ten, but do it right now. The word is up. Good luck to you. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. 
I got a couple of stories, yeah, cup to share <laughs> with you, and we're going to start with this one out of California. Uh, you never know what might be following you in the ocean. It's true. Phil Garn says that he was wearing his fins on his feet while swimming in Coronado, California, and he felt something tug on one of the fins. He turned around and came face to face. It was, of course, a shark. Jesus. Had a hold of his foot or his his, uh, fin that he was wearing. Did he have one of those super long fins? He did. He says he immediately Mm. came ashore and alerted lifeguards who then evacuated everybody from the water. He says that he was wearing longer fins than usual. Those suckers are excellent. Have you ever swam with those? Um, I have swum in diving with the really long ones. Yeah, yeah. You propel really. Pretty damn cool. Uh, and usually, he believes that um, this is how he evaded serious injury because he thought that the shark could have gotten him all the way up to his foot. Yes. Uh, the swimmer is now calling on Coronado officials to install a system of buoys uh, to attract movements of sharks in the area. Uh, let's see. A man who told police his father is the sun and his mother is the moon is in jail after driving off in a police cruiser with a canine in a cage in the back. So which one's going to show up to post bail? That's a good question. <laughs> Hopefully the sun. Yeah. They got a little more It'll clock. burn a lot of yeah. people, though. Uh, not only is Christopher Dryden accused of taking the cruiser, he is charged with driving it while his license was suspended. Dryden is accused of going to the locked door of a police headquarters in City, uh, in City Hall, and it was uh, via the intercom. He was telling an officer about his mother and father. He disappeared from uh, camera view when Sergeant Richard Hoffer asked if he needed help, but returned a short time later again, saying that his mother and father are the moon and the sun. So, you well, the moon and the sun out here, but some guy named Scratchy is. Uh, after he disappeared again, Officer Tyson Miner said that he heard his dog barking as it is trained to do when someone has approached. The dog was in the unlocked cruiser on the ramp outside of police headquarters. As Hoffer and Miner went outside, they saw the cruiser slowly being driven off the ramp, and both gave chase on foot. Miner said that uh, the driver kept pulling the door shut as he tried to open it. Well, he finally got it open. The cruiser had stopped, but he said the driver resisted being pulled out. He was taken into custody after he had used a stun gun on him. Talk about a sense of entitlement. Just because your parents are the moon and the sun, you think you can just drive off in any vehicle you want. By the way, Dryden, a Philadelphia native, is uh, jailed in lieu of $7,500 bail. is charged with theft, illegal taunting of animals, receiving stolen property, resisting arrest, and others. So we have the son of the... Of the sun and the moon here in Philadelphia. The sun of the sun and the moon, yes. Yeah, we haven't had them on the show yet. Not once. Managers of a recycling and disposal site are reminding people not to leave explosives at the facility after workers found a hand grenade. This happens all the time. Well, there's a special bin for that. Uh, Members of the Material Recovery Center found the grenade wrapped in bubble wrap inside of a metal tin. (laughs) That'll stop it. The discovery... Forced the facility to close for the rest of the day as staff members worked with local authorities to remove the explosive device. You remember in the Hurt Locker when he surrounded himself in bubble wrap. <laughs> it is uh, believed that someone left the item for disposal only and did not intend any harm. However, the Materials Recovery Center does not accept explosives such as dynamite, TNT, blasting caps and loaders, military memorabilia, or explosive chemicals. Uh, residents who find explosive materials should not transport them, but rather go to a safe location and call 911. Believe it or not, I have back-to-back llama stories. What? <laughs> a it's Friday. A llama that managed to outsmart authorities for uh, over two weeks was finally caught in New York State uh, last week. The llama named Gizmo was one that of two that had escaped from Diana Heinemann's farm shortly after they came to live there earlier in December. 
Uh, they both jumped the fence, and while one was quickly captured, Gizmo was on the run for 17 days. Wow. Heinemann and a worker from her farm rushed to another nearby farm after a sighting of the five-foot-tall, 300-pound animal was reported, and they managed to safely capture Gizmo and bring him home. They said it had already gotten an apartment and a job. Now, in another story, a passerby spotted a wandering llama in a field off an interstate in Massachusetts, and with the help of animal control officer, brought it to a farm for safe keeping. Uh, Patrick Body was driving when he spotted the male gray and white llama, stopped by his truck, uh, his stop, I'm sorry, stopped his truck and approached it on Monday. So they're like five feet tall and but 300 pounds? Yeah, that or that yeah. one was, but yeah, they're they're pretty, they're really tall. Actually, I thought they were taller than I thought than they that, were taller, yeah. To be honest. Uh, the, the, this particular llama, he said, Brody said, acted very chill as he walked up to him. Hey, bro. And uh, <laughs> I'm a llama. He said, I have my arm around this thing. This llama, if you're nasty. Uh, he said, I had my arm around the thing, kind of calming him down. Uh, it was just really gentle I like and, you. and friendly. I like you, man. And uh, I knew it must have been some kind of pet or something. Listen, I, I made the jump. I got caught up in the whole thing, but I think I want to go. Uh, eventually, Kayla Preventure, the animal control officer, was alerted and joined body on the field Hi, with, the, with the llama. Hi. Uh, they called around a local farm to see if any were missing llama. And Preventure said, I'm not sure where he came from or how he got there, but he was hungry and drank a lot of water, indicating that he was in the need of some care. Thank you so much, Kayla. Thank you. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The state, he's very chill. He is. Uh, The state does have records of barn inspections, but uh, she said that none of the local farms are missing llamas. Uh, and they don't have any leads on the wandering llama's owner, but they have them in a, in a nice, safe place. Right if you're now. like me, you count your yeah. llamas before you leave, go for work every morning, right? Yeah, you but will. the llama didn't give them anything for the effort? No, no, no. no. Hey, llama! <laughs> How about a tip for the effort? <laughs> All right, and then one last story. Let's, uh, let's end with this one. Uh, just six months after catching and releasing a 41-pound trout at Utah's Flaming Gorge, 11-year-old Tyler Grimshaw has done it again. This time he won a, he caught a 48-pound trout. That's gigantic for a trout, man. 48-pound uh, yeah. trout? Uh, Tyler caught the 41-pounder Let in June. Let that thing out. When he was 10 years old. And now Tyler has caught and released a 48-pound trout also at Flaming Gorge. Uh, both times Tyler caught the fish by himself. I'm curious what record-setting trouts weigh in at because I always thought, like, even like a like, 10 or 12-pound like trout. 12-pound trout huge. would be good. A, yeah. Almost 50-pound trout. Oh, dude, it looks bigger than the kid. Yeah, it's massive. So good These on are the him. things yeah. I can do without. <laughs> trout. 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 Let, Let that thing up. out. Yeah. These are the things I can do without. Come on. I'm fishing for you. All right. Uh, don't forget the well, word. Ha- real quick, I just want to jump in about this, Preston. I apologize for the interruption, but there, there's an issue, and Marissa needs to uh, j- hop on the air with you to let you know what's right. going on with about the no sad dough. No sad dough. Okay, yes. Marissa, what's up? There seems to be an issue with the texting. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems to happen when we do our first contest. The texting uh, doesn't seem to be working. People are getting an error bounce back message. I can confirm that the number is, you can hear Connor talking to all of our calls that are coming through. Oh, no. The number is uh, 45911. You are texting the right thing. There's some... There seems to be something on the other end of it, not accepting it. But what I can tell you is everybody listening right now, you can go to WMR.com and enter the word on the website, and you will be entered to win that money. All right. Okay. So there All you right. go. So we have we have another entry method. <clears throat> go to WMR.com. Put the keyword in. It's up. Sorry to take that away from you, Preston. You're about no. to share that. Yeah, I've worked too. Um, 
the app works as well, too, if you have the WMR app. It's just the texting seems to be a glitch, but we'll have it fixed by the 10 o'clock. Okay. Next. All right. Good to know. All right. So the word is up once again. And you heard Marissa. You've been doing it correctly, but there's a... Oops. <laughs> there's an issue... Uh, with the texting. So do it through WMMR.com. It's easy. It should be right there on the page when you go to it. And uh, we apologize uh, for the inconvenience. Is this on the corporate end? Or do we screw it up? I, no, uh, no, we didn't screw it up. We, the six are, of us in here now. We didn't do it. Infallible. <laughs> right. Uh, but we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. When we return, a guest we're very much looking forward to speaking to, John Douglas, author of the book Mindhunter, has a new book out called The Killer's Shadow. Uh, He's an amazing individual. We'll have him on when we get back. Stay with us. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Stephen's brand new deep navy blue and sparkling 24 karat gold dipped twinkle twinkle rose is here. Don't miss out. Imagine the blue color of the sky just before the sun sets when you can start to see all the stars sparkling in the night sky. See Stephen's exclusive twinkle twinkle rose now at IHateStevenSinger.com. Real jewelers, real roses with a real lifetime guarantee. Ship fast and free. Check out the entire collection of Stephen's famous roses starting at only $59. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Stephen's brand new deep navy blue and sparkling 24 karat gold dipped twinkle twinkle rose is here don't miss out imagine the blue color of the sky just before the sun sets when you can start to see all the stars sparkling in the night sky see Stephen's exclusive twinkle twinkle rose now at IHateStevenSinger.com real jewelers real roses with a real lifetime guarantee ship fast and free check out the entire collection of Stephen's famous roses starting at only $59 that's IHateStevenSinger.com Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest, uh, we've been very much looking forward to speaking to. um, Because uh, we, uh, I speak for us here on the show, are pretty fascinated with the world of of serial killers and crime and and things like that and the investigation of and all the the stuff that goes around. It's just something that's... uh, It's such an aberration, but yet it's so perpetually fascinating I, I agree because it's something that we find so difficult to understand and we are we are always reticent to believe yep. that the, that we can possess this sort of treachery and evil but it, it is fascinating it you is. can't argue against that and uh the book mine hunter he's the author of that book which led to the netflix series which is outstanding if you have not seen it yet and he's got a new new book out which is called the killer shadow um, so let's welcome him on board, please. Uh, welcome John Douglas to our show. Yeah. Hi, John. How are yeah. you? Yeah, very well. Thanks uh, for having me, too. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I, listen, I, uh, I'm as we said at the at the intro, we're fascinated by this stuff. I am a huge fan of of the show Mindhunter. I have not read the book yet. It is on my list of things to get to, as will be uh, the Killer Shadow. So just to 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 dive right into things. Um, in in the show in the in the the the, uh, the series Mindhunter, um, essentially you were one of the creators of the behavioral science unit at, of the FBI. Is is that part of it all uh, correctly uh, portrayed? Well, the unit uh, the unit was there when I was I transferred from uh, the Milwaukee division back, uh, you know, to the uh, FBI Academy at the behavioral science unit. I was a, um, a street agent in the field. I was a bank robbery coordinator. I was a member of the SWAT team. I was also a hostage negotiator. Plus, I was only 32 years old when I was transferred back. So my character, Holden Ford, 
I probably have a little stronger background than he has, but we were both very, very young. And then um, my my role was was to teach hostage negotiation as well as this course called criminal psychology. And it was in those classes that I audited that I saw the instructors, agents that were much older than me. I was the youngest one, not only at Quantico, but really throughout the uh, headquarters, which includes Washington, D.C., a thousand agents there. And as I sat there, I saw these the uh, instructors being challenged by police officers in the class uh, would raise their hand and say, hey, so-and-so, you got your facts wrong. I worked the Manson case, and you're totally wrong about this. So here I am in the back thinking, holy mackerel, i got to get up there one day and teach the, these classes. And my instructors, these agents, don't know the facts of the case. So so like any any profession if you want to get good at anything why don't you go interview the people that have been successful it could have been medicine it could be in your field and it, with me i wanted to go interview let's not uh, talk just talk about manson Let, let's go in the prison and let's see if he'll talk to us let's go see if ed kemper a guy who kills six college co-eds kills his grandparents killed his mother and a neighbor let's see if he'll talk rather than talk about it let's go interview david berkowitz the son of sam kill up in New York City, Richard Speck. Let's go interview him in Chicago. Who killed uh, nurses, seven nurses, you know, back in the uh, you know in the sixties. Yeah. So I did this to really to become initially was just to become a good instructor. I wanted to be a good instructor, this young guy and teaching class here. But what happened? It morphed. It morphed then into cops bringing cases to me from around the the country and asking for for help and and the way it was portrayed in uh, mine under this netflix series is, is pretty true it was uh, the cops you know were very reluctant you know what is this stuff like witchcraft i mean this guy you know he's not following the tradition of like jack webb just the facts man right. he's coming up with a theory he's he's get, telling us to refocus our investigation or re, or he's saying we you're going on the right track reinforce it and the bureau was totally against this and i didn't tell the fbi uh, my partner and i at the time we didn't tell the bureau because we knew it would be analysis paralysis if we if we ask right. for permission let's just ask for forgiveness if yeah. they get angry you know at us so that's how that's how it formed and then uh and as it went along the cases started rolling in and uh this was one of the cases the current book uh this joseph paul franklin he was a racist serial killer, and you would think when we started writing this book all over a year ago that this would be kind of a period piece that when in reality, this stuff is existing today. He was a racist serial killer, killing inter, as well as interracial couples that he would spot. Uh, he shot uh, Larry Flint, uh, owner of a Hustler magazine. He shot Vernon Jordan. Uh, civil, civil rights, rights leader. leader. Yeah. yeah, so he he's all over the place, and he's all over the United States uh, killing, and no one could put these cases together until finally when he was apprehended in Kentucky, uh, he escaped from a jail. But while, while he was in Kentucky, they realized, hey, this is the guy who shot these two young African-American children you know, out in, uh, in Utah. But then he escapes. He, he, uh, they left him in his uh, jail cell, this room in, in the jail, alone, and then he leaves. And so then what happens is now headquarters, for the first time, I wasn't doing any FBI cases. They were standoffish. I wasn't, uh, they, they, didn't, uh, they heard about what I was doing, but they didn't really ask me to do anything. So then the Civil Rights uh, Division, a unit chief who we were partners with out in the field uh, in, uh, in Milwaukee, hey, so, John, we got this guy now we have identified. You may have heard about him, Joseph Paul Franklin. He's this racist serial killer. Uh, yeah, what about him? He says, we know what you're doing down there. Do you think? 
you think you'd be able to do some type of an assessment. We don't know where he is in the United States. We have no no idea. Uh, we have APBs out all over the over the country. And I said, well, this is a little different. I said, usually I deal with why plus how equals who. I I, I try to I, I deal with a a crime scene, trying to figure out from the crime scene. Uh, the person and, uh, and create the person who's responsible for the that particular crime. But here, we know who did it, so really I, I just have to go through his materials. And what I'm looking for is kind of like his strengths and weaknesses. And they said, okay, Ooh. come on up. And so I went up to headquarters and and uh, and began doing the assessment. Let, the let me ask you a question, if I may jump in here quickly, because sure. because because for me and, and it's it's all fascinating. And as just as as you know, we pay attention to a lot of these things. It seems to me that the white supremacists, the you know the uh, that the people that that are of that ilk, or or anybody who's who's motivated motivated by uh, um, any sort of racist inclinations or um, you know ex- extremist stuff like that. In my mind, I would associate them with more with like one shot deals, like like a mass murder, like a scene, like shooting up a church or something like that. Is this an anomaly that this would be this guy would be a serial killer with this profile? Yeah, this is yeah, this is different because you're exactly right. Because the uh, the serial killers who I was work the case I was working on, the people I was uh, was interviewing in uh, in prisons, they was it, 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 they were different. It was different, and it was uh, in the series, and there was a sexual component to it. Here is there's no sexual component. There's a hatred component. But you're right. Uh, generally, uh, offenders, no matter what type of crime uh, we're we're looking at, uh, there's a home turf. There's a a, a preference. There's a comfort zone. We refer to it as, and 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 that comfort zone generally is the area where they live or where uh, they're they're employed. Uh, this guy here is all over the place, and you have to realize now. And I don't know, I don't know if we'd be much better today. Because we have over 17,000 different law enforcement agencies in the United States. And, yes, our communication, you know, is better. Uh, but when you get an offender who's mobile, you know, like this, and, and as you mentioned here, it makes it extremely difficult, difficult for, for law enforcement to tie cases in uh, to one person responsible for all of that. And, John, we still, we still hear about things, listen, with the, and you're talking about this expansive mesh of these agencies, and we still hear about things falling through the cracks. And the one nature of the beast with all this, my brother's uh, Secret Service was in the Justice Department, my other brother's a police officer. The truth of the matter is, is that you 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 virtually never hear about the wins. You hear about you know the the, the missteps and so on and so forth. But I wanted to, I wanted to ask you a question. Going and this story of, of Joseph Paul Franklin is is fascinating on that level. Uh, I've already ordered my copy of the book. Uh, but but the um, but the notion that to me. Is is something that I guess speaks to what Preston's introduction was addressing, which is the, um, you know, we all begin as babies and we all set off on our on our paths. And I, I was watching the the Manson series that was I think it was on A and E, and you see him, and I was unaware that he had had a conventional for a while suburban married home existence, and and things switch, something happens, and so much of what happens happens in the early stages with the parents or lack thereof how much of what we see how much of of the serial killer or the mass murder how much of that is born in the early years at home with the family situation it uh most of them just i just about every single one of them there's dysfunction in the family it doesn't mean that if someone is raised in a dysfunctional family necessarily they'll become a serial killer but or a mass murder or uh, a 
racist serial killer, but of the ones who I've studied, the ones, the cases I've worked, the, the guys who I interviewed, they all seem to have you know this background. A good analogy too. You know, people are always asking, is it nature and nurture uh, type of thing? And a good analogy is, is that if you you take DNA, uh, it, it would be the the bullets, and and you're loading the gun. The the DNA loads the gun. Your your psychology. You know, will point the gun, your background, but but then it's the uh, your life experiences, what those life experiences were like. With if there's abuse, of neglect, of of any type uh, uh, in your background, that will that will be a, a deciding factor whether or not you you got to squeeze the, uh, the the trigger. And John, that's and, the that's the that's the tragedy there, because if I understand correctly. I mean, there's so many tragedies involved, but like mm -hmm. with Joseph Paul Franklin, apparently there was one issue with the window shade accident. Yes. Could you yes. explain that? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, he became a, an excellent uh, you know, shot, it's like a sniper. Uh, but what happened early on in his life, and he was really uh, abused by his drunken father, Even and then when he took off, the old man uh, left with a mother who was just as abusive uh, towards him and his, and his siblings. But he was playing with a window shade, and what happened was, is it was a spring action window shade. The spring came out and struck him in the eye. Uh, mother took him to the emergency room for treatment. The doctor said, "Look, uh, you have to come back in in a couple of months, and then we'll we'll we can work on it. We can't work on it right now. Let it heal a bit." Uh, the mother never took him uh, took him back uh, to get the eye, eye fixed. So he really has just one eye. And so he over, would overcompensate uh, for that, and he got into weaponry, and he overcompensated, became an excellent, uh, an excellent shot. And then being raised down in Mobile, Alabama, uh, he drops out of high school, gets married when he's 16 years of age for four months, gets divorced, uh, starts joining and passing out literature. Uh, today you don't have to pass out literature. Now today you go on the internet and find uh, whatever you're looking for. Start passing out this racist, racist hatred types of uh, liter literature, and then then uh, finally uh, he joins some of the organizations like the Ku Klux Klan. But he soon finds out that there's all talk in these organizations, and they're they're talking the talk, but they're not walking the walk. And and so and there are a bunch of drunks. Because I, I inter would interview uh, Franklin uh, later on when he was in prison, and he's telling me all this. And, and he says they they uh, would just sit around drinking, and, and I knew they were infiltrated the organizations. So in essence, they they weren't the they, they, they weren't extreme enough for him. They he he saw them more as just a, just an excuse to to spout off, and and they weren't walking the walk. Right, that, yeah, that's exactly right. So then. So that's when he finally he leaves the, the Mobile, Alabama. But he's picking up. He, he becomes a bomber. Uh, he knows how to make uh, uh, pipe bombs. He tries. To, uh, he blows up a Jewish synagogue. Uh, he will end up shooting a, uh, a, a parishioner out of a Jewish temple in in uh, St. Louis. Uh, roaming around the, the the country, you know, killing. And uh, and, and he, uh, he really idolized Charles Manson, oh. and, and because he what he liked about Manson was because Manson was this race war, creating this race war, you know, his interpretation of the White Album by the Beatles, going to create this race war that will be won 
by by blacks, but then they will not be able to uh, to follow through and run the country. And it was you know it's a crazy you know concept. Yes, obviously, then, yeah. But yeah, and so but we'll come forward in our dune buggies, you know, armed with machine guns, and take over the world. So he thought that was great, and that's what he was trying to do. But when you when you look at him, this was going on in the seventies and eighties, and then you look at two thousand fifteen. Down Charleston, South Carolina, with, or a guy by the name of Dylan Roof, who yeah. goes into a Baptist uh, 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 church uh, down there and ends up killing the minister and, and half a dozen of the parishioners. And what he was trying to create at 21 years of age, this inadequate nobody loser, was to create this, uh, create a race war. The same type of mentality, a mindset. And that's what's so scary about when you have these incidences that just happened a couple of days ago in Washington, D.C., or if you have something coming up on you know uh, on the in the inauguration here you 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 can get you can have a lot of security around but but like you go back to what you said earlier a lot of these these people who who the mindset they don't care about getting caught they'll go down in a blaze of glory and particularly the lone wolf types so you have to be so you just cannot how do you defend against someone who may be in the crowd who may be in the crowd with a bomb and and you have you know hundreds of thousands maybe thousands hundreds of thousands of people out yeah, there yeah. it can happen yeah. you know it can uh, you it, you can happen and and the only way possibly is you have to intercept them early on in life when you start seeing some indicators in usually in the schools you start seeing indicators of either being a bully or being bullied upon not fitting in with others involved in particularly we found animal cruelty is a right. You know, is a big one you know, for them that uh, anyone who can torture or kill you know, animals like this. I yeah, mean, it's a it's, small step, a small yeah. step up to humans. John, That's I, right. I, I have a question for, for you know, you've, you've interviewed and, and got to intimately know some of the most infamous uh, serial killers in our, in our country and, pe- and ones we've never heard of as well. Yeah. Given your, your uh, relationship with those people and what you have learned in speaking to them, do you, on occasion, find yourself empathizing with what had created them to what they've become? And do you also yeah. have conflict with that if you do? Yeah, you know, I, I do, and I, I did. There were some really, I'm, I'm, when I'm looking at them, and, and, and I'm looking at their, I look at their eyes, and I'm thinking those eyes, the victims were looking at, the, the victims were looking at these same eyes that I'm looking at right here, and they yeah. knew they're going to be killed. But even a good example would be in the, out of the show, um, the Mindhunter Netflix series, you have Edmund Kemper. Um, he's six foot nine, three hundred pounds. Uh, he killed. You know, he killed his uh, grandparents. Uh, he ended up uh, going off to some institution where they so-called cured him and put him back into custody of his of his mother, who was divorced from his, uh, his father. And they warned him, "Don't put him back with the mother. The mother is abusive, hates him." And uh, sure enough. Gets uh, in custody with the mother. The mother locks him down in the basement, where he'd fantasize about killing. Even as he eight years of age, or by then, I'll see not. Uh, by then, he was somewhere around about nineteen uh, years of age, and fantasizing, taking his sister's dolls, cutting the heads and, and arms and legs off of the dolls, looking into the furnace down the basement, thinking it was evil and it was the devil and all of this. Also, add on the fact that he had a, a, a genius level intellect. 
had 145 uh, in IQ. In fact, I kid people. I, I said his his IQ was about more than the total of my IQ and the partner <laughs> we, were, we were doing the interview with. 145 IQ. But but and his mother would preach to him, say, "You're no good. You bum. You rotten sob. You can. You'll never be able to have uh, date the girls here at the college." He went, his mother worked at uh, Santa Cruz uh, uh, the University, the branch uh, in California there, and and so oh really so. He's going to show his, uh, you know, show his mother. But anyway, I'm looking. When you're looking at him, I know he is a product. He's a product of this abuse and uh, and neglect that he went through as a child. Not everyone would, like I said earlier, would grow up to do the things that that he did. But yeah. uh, and I, but then again, he had no really remorse. No remorse. A uh, little bit he welled up when he was going through the antics of how he killed his mother and uh, decapitated her and violated and, her head. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, all those kind of things. And he had a little bit welled up with tears there, but everything else, I mean, he is, he is just like a broken record. You've got I mean, to compartmentalize, I guess, because you, you obviously the, the, the extreme nature of the crime is, is, is so beyond the pale, but, you know, but yeah. to your point about if you could have stepped in, yeah. if you could have stepped in at a point and stopped this and stopped all those victims from suffering in those tragic ways, yeah. horrific ways that they did, and, and that, therein lies the essential nature of what you've done throughout your life. Yeah, exactly right. And then what happened too? This all the, this the type of work that I was doing, and the, the amount of pressure of the, the volume of work, the nature of the work, and I'm just dreaming about this stuff all the time. It will affect me. Uh, by 1983, I will. Uh, I'm all over the, the country now, just flying. I don't even know where I am at the time when I wake up in a motel room somewhere, and I'm out in Seattle, Washington, on the Green River murder case. The subject's name today, as we know today, is Gary Ridgeway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I ended up uh, uh, nearly dying on the ca- uh, while out working on the case. Uh, I felt when I went out there, I was getting tremendous headaches in my right side of my right temporal lobe in my head. And what's happening, I was getting a fever, and I was developing viral encephalitis, and the doctors would say later on, my immune system was just so low that something was going to happen uh, you know, to me. And uh, when I went out there with trying to break in two young agents, I said, look, I think I'm getting the flu. In fact, I said goodbye to my wife several times because I knew something was going to happen to me. And I put, I, I, I said, it's Tuesday, I'll see you Friday uh, to the agents. This is what you should do. We'd go before the task force. So I... I put a do not disturb sign on the hotel room door. In those days, today maybe it would be different. Uh, they would probably come in after a day or so. But then they didn't come in. I was on the floor for three days. I collapsed uh, that Ooh. night on Tuesday. Uh, when they kicked down the door on Friday, I was in a coma in a frog-like position, and my brain split on the right side Jeez. of my right lobe, and Jeez. I was paralyzed. My heartbeat was uh, was well over uh, 200, uh, you know, they said my body temperature was between 104 and 107, and I was in a coma for a week and came out of it paralyzed. And, uh, at, and then I was like, it was like, this is 1983, in my late 30s. Uh, and um, I, they were playing, I'm a veteran also, so they were playing to bury me at a veteran cemetery. But anyway, I came out of the coma, uh, came home in a wheelchair, had to go through five months of uh, rehabilitation, went to a stress psychologist, and, and said, John, he said, you know, if this didn't happen to you, something would have, else would have happened because you're, you're burning the, the candle at both ends. And, uh, it, you know, it's like you're looking into the abyss. You're, I'm going into that dark abyss. I'm, I'm, I'm just, because I'm throwing myself 
into the cases, walking in the shoes of, of the offender and the victims, dreaming about it, thinking about it, and the pressure, you know, from FBI, police, and everything. And so uh, I, uh, I came, after five months, go back to work, and now they give me people to help me, but it takes a couple of years to train them, and there's so much, uh, there's so much uh, work piled up, you know, to do. And and this is this is now post uh, Joseph Paul Franklin, but this was what would happen with I did the Franklin case, then I was involved in the Atlanta child killing case. Wow. I was involved in the Buffalo twenty two caliber case where someone was cutting the hearts out of out of taxi cab drivers who were African American taxi I mean, cab that, drivers. Listen, as you're as you're just going through, going through your uh, and again we're we're talking about the book The Killer Shadow, which is I'm sure going to be a you know a, yeah. a, a huge. A huge hit because and you hate to say it in those terms, but this is perpetually fascinates people. And, and, and I think the more people know, um, you know, the, the more we can start to perhaps in some way address these issues. Yeah. Nick, you want to. Ask yeah, John, I want to ask you a lighter question. Yeah. And, and because this stuff is fascinating, but this is yeah. a little more on the personal level. Um, my brother, Adam, went to school with uh, your daughter, Lauren, and your son-in-law, Matt. And I, Matt. I Matt, yes. Right. And I understand uh, that when you gave a speech at your daughter's wedding, you went out of your way to make your now son-in-law a little bit nervous during that wedding speech. Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's easy to do. To do. I like to you know joke around with him, but you know you're, you're always kind of doing assessments, you know, of of uh, you know of, of uh, people. Uh, but I, I think I, I probably created my wife became more nutty than I was because when my when my children started dating, like Lauren and like my other daughter Erica, uh, they it would bring a boy home, uh, you know, I would ask questions about him, but, but my wife would say, what does your driver's license look like? Because my picture on my driver's license, you know, it looks so weird. She wanted to get this address and date of birth, wow. you know, off of that. And then what she would do also, she could see the vehicle, she'd get the license plate, but what threw it over the top was she would make them, how would you like to have a drink? You know, a drink of soda or something like that. And, and, and no, 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 please, have a drink. And the reason she wanted them to have a drink, she wanted them to grab the can so she could have latent fingerprints to analyze. Let me ask you a question then. Oh my God, that's great. The, the, the great, the great uh, police writer Joseph Wamba, uh, yeah. he, he brought, I, I was reading something, he referred to something called the Wyatt Earp syndrome that can sometimes uh, affect yeah. police officers. In your line of work, um, and, and there was a great show I used to watch called Millennium about a guy, a profiler. Oh, yeah, I, was based on, I was based on my background, too. The Millennium, and there was another show called Profiler. Yeah. And they, they took, they were using my book Mindhunter for the basis of that. And so, and so, Mindhunter. Yeah. and, and the, character, the character of Frank Black has it consumed, because just for that, and that, you know, you're relaying that, that, this amusing observation, but do you, are you able to tap the brakes on that so that it's not infiltrating every element of your life? Well, it's it's really it's hard to. In fact, you're starting. You saw that in the character in the Mindhunter series. It happens to him. Right. He has this anxiety attack. Cause that's uh, that happened to me. But uh, one time, leading up to the the point where I nearly uh, nearly die. But you try to maintain balance. Uh, but it's really I, it's a struggle all the time. And and it, it, it made me a good leader. But but I, I'd be lying to you if it doesn't reoccur. And what I would do when I came back to Quantico, when I started saying, oh my God, I just can't keep up with this. I would go, I was going to be buried at a veteran's cemetery right near the FBI Academy. And I would go out there 
when I feel like I'm losing again, I'm, I'm, my balance in life is screwed up, uh, and go to the, the area where I was going to be buried. I looked for my date, and, and it was uh, December 1st, uh, 1983. I, I just looked who my neighbors were going to be, wow. and I would stand there and just, I just say, man, you got to just, I mean, get it together. you got to regroup, you know, take God. a breath, try to, you know, try to get this uh, together. And that's why when they made these films, like Silence of the Lambs, and Scott Glenn portrayed me and my character, you know, I made them listen. I made them listen to tapes I had of victims who were being tortured. The tapes were made by, by the subjects involved. And, and, uh, and because I wanted them to understand, this is not fun and games, the people who work this case, these cases, um, you know, it, it, it takes a toll on our, our lives. We were 60 feet uh, underground in a bunker at the FBI Academy. It was a depressing uh, place. We, we, we say we were, we were 10 times deeper than dead people at 60 feet. Uh, and and uh, it, uh, when they left us, when they made Silence of the Lambs and Scott Glenn, and I would meet him later on. It it it, it affected him, and he he was just playing a part sure. in this for a couple of months. And and uh, this we have to deal with our lifetime. I'm sure there's some uh, PTSD yeah. uh, suffered from. I've, I've seen articles written about you know police uh, yeah. that that are in the department that have to view, unfortunately, yes. um, you know child pornography yeah. for for evidence sake. And it how yeah. can that not take a toll yeah. on your life? Um, I, I want to ask a question, John, about. Mindhunter and and the series and whether or not this was portrayed correctly or not because they really focus on and when I'm telling people about that show, uh, one of the ways I describe it is the provocative nature uh, at the time or the perception of going and talking to serial killers to to actually give them time uh, to to talk about what they've done seemed um, disrespectful. It seemed you know like I said provocative. Was it indeed that way? Was it hard to 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 get? The, the uh, management to understand the the um, uh, uh, the benefits of doing this it was it, it, it was difficult they didn't didn't understand and, and how could we be, how could we be first initially with teaching how could we be teaching these classes without even understanding the criminal personality and I and I felt that there would be a spin-off one day I, I could uh, when I understand the criminal personality, I can apply it to other types of cases, which I did. I applied it to arson and bombing cases, product tampering cases, like the, the Tylenol murders uh, you know, case. Uh, I, I did assessments of every type. I've done public corruption case of, uh, uh, cases, just once I understand the criminal personality. And then they finally they got it. But, yeah, but there was always, there's always a, a, a smart. If you're, and I was getting successful, and the unit was getting successful. But there's always a group that may not, a small group, that you know this guy's getting too much attention. Yes. You know, you know he's, you know he's taking all the resources from other units. He's getting his unit now. He's got thirty something people in his unit, uh, which is which is large. And and so, you know, there's there's always this. You always have this faction, particularly in the in the FBI. Uh, you know, and 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 what uh, and what they didn't like at headquarters in Washington D.C. was here we are this, down here at Quantico, and you know working these cases. They, they, just say, for example, you had a kidnapping in Philadelphia. Uh, the agent in charge now is a good chance he would contact us, not headquarters. Headquarters was our administrators, and they, yes, many of them worked in the field and were very very good. But they look at they look at at, uh, at our unit as being operational, and so. I would get in trouble, my, or my members of my unit, if we talked to the agent in charge of Philadelphia. And and 
<laughs> but but we had to. Here's the agent calling us and say, John, we just had a kidnapping here. Uh, I'm going to go before the uh, the media. How should uh, what I should I say? What shouldn't I say? So you give them this, these suggestions. Next thing you know, headquarters is calling down to, uh, to me down to Quantico, saying, "What the hell are you doing? Talking to, telling the, the agent in charge what to do. You got to tell him he's got to go through us, and and uh, they don't want to go through them uh, at headquarters. They look at them as just someone's going to tell them how to dot the I's and cross the T's. Yeah, so they're not uh, not interested. Yeah, John, the, the the problem with the bureaucracy is that it's a bureaucracy, and it, it, will, it will it will stall things. And I would hear this from my brother. When he was, uh, you know, with the the DOJ and and, and just other the the, the mm. things that you you know why you know rough, feathers get ruffled and and while the, those you know feathers are being ta- attended to things opportunities are being missed and that's a sad aspect of it. I wanted to ask you about the recent um uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 I had no idea that the most prolific serial killer in the United States was this um, this man who was killing. Um, and the name is escaping me. The, the Sam Little. Yeah. Yeah, he recently died. Yeah. Right, right. Recently died, and he was. Um, uh, and and he would be an anomaly because it's it, it, the serial killers are not usually uh, African American. They're correct? usually male or uh, Caucasian, right? Well, no. Well, you see, that's the thing. Is that uh, yeah? You're, you're right. Over, uh, particularly back in the '60s, '70s. You know, but. But you look, look what I did in the Atlanta child killing case. I got myself in trouble when I went, and I liked in the show, saying that the subject's going to be an African American. The victims were, were African American, but just the whole situation there, I, I believe there's no way a white person could be perpetrating those crimes. So I, so I, I got some big. You got uh, some trouble from that. Oh, yeah. Right. I, got, I told you, know, then they, you get the arrest. So they censured me. They turned around and gave me a letter of commendation on the same case after they <laughs> censured me. Right. Uh, but, yeah, but see, Let's see the problem. The problem is it's who the victims are. He's targeting high-risk types of victims. You're targeting runaways. You're targeting people involved in prostitution. And really, in some departments around the country, particularly if you have a lot of cases of different types, they may not be giving 100%. To that particular type of type of case, and it's because it's a difficult case. Uh, even though you may find forensics, you don't know if the forensics are from the subject or the uh, or the uh, one of the Johns that say that she was with earlier that night. And then the other problem is if the, if then like uh, you know like uh, Sam Little, he was moving all over the country as well. And going back to what I said at the very beginning, when you have seventeen thousand law enforcement agencies yeah. back then, the, 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 the cops are not linking it together they're not communicating you know with uh, with one another the types of victims that they that uh, uh, that they had so uh, you, you can get away with it and there it's it's, it's 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 fascinating i i, I remember watching the uh, the special hbo did the movie and i don't know how accurate it was to the story of of, of citizen x chenko i think it was the, the the russian serial killer oh yeah yeah and so that the 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 gentleman who investigated that case as well was of course he was coming up against soviet Russian, you know, um, uh, uh, roadblocks, but, um, you know, the, the idea of, 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 um, of, of trying to find out the impetus for what does this or what, what causes him to do that. And he was cutting out eyes because he felt that the, the image of, of his, uh, he would be caught in their eyes. He'd be the last yes, image. That's right. Uh, that's so, and so yeah. for you though, you are an, and you say you're an amiable guy, a good conversationalist. And so, um, your ability to sit across and get these people to start to talk, you know, not not everyone, you can't learn that. Sometimes you, you've just no. got it. 
it, it, it's got to be hard. Do you know when you, when you come across an agent who's got the gift? Yeah, sure. And I know when they don't have have the gift, and they just uh, they, I've had I've had some agents who just get angry as hell at, yeah. at the person they're talking to, and and they may been uh, taping the interview so I can uh, you know we can assess it, and they're just not they're just not cut out. And I'm not when I get in uh, go in there, I, I which is totally different than the show. If you watch the show, I, I do not have a tape recorder. I, we I did use a tape recorder once. But you're dealing with someone, any of these inmates, they're paranoid as hell. They don't trust anybody. What do you, so if you're taping something, what are you doing with the tape? Who's going to see the tape? Right. Who are you going to play it, play it to here? And even note-taking. I wouldn't even take notes after a while. No notes. No notes. No tape recorder. But I know the case inside and out. And I'm, I'm going to have a conversation. I, I'm, I'm not going to have an interrogation. I'm not going to, it's not going to be an interview. I'm going to have a conversation. And the conversation, you can ask me as many questions about me that I'll ask about, uh, about you. I, I'm open for that. And I'll let them take control, feel that they're, they're in control of the interview. You get somebody like Charles Manson, five feet two. I'm six foot two. I know he's going to control me. So I got to provide furniture in this room to let him dominate me. And he'll probably end up sitting up on top of the of the chair uh, like he did at the George Spawn Ranch with his Manson followers. He sat up on top of a rock and would preach to them. And sure enough, he comes to the room, this little guy, five feet two. I'm, so I'm slumping down in my chair to get yeah, to have yeah. an advantage. But yeah. he ends up sitting up on top of the chair and, and, uh, and dominating, you know, dominating me. And by the time I left, uh, like someone like Manson or all these people, because they don't want you to leave because you're telling them something about themselves. They're, they're feeding the ego. Like apparently Ed Kemper wouldn't, wouldn't shut up, right? I mean, he was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had to, I had to tell Kemper. I said, "Will you shut the hell up? I'm trying, I'm trying to find out, uh, you know, certain things about this case here. You know, I see. I'm looking for, you know, victim selection, pre-offense behavior, post-offense behavior. I'm looking for all these kind of things. You know, did you follow the press? Okay, when you follow the press and you read about your, your case, what did you do? Did you cut the clippings out? Did you? Yeah fantasize about the crime? Did you ever go to the graveside of the victim? Did you ever go back to the, to the scene of, uh, of uh, where, you, where you dispose of the body or where you did the abduction? Wow. So you've, you're looking for all these different uh, kind of things. And then, and then I reached a point, in fact, I, I, I would go over, I, wanted, I used to go over to Baltimore and just drive over and uh, into that prison that was built in the 1800s, intimidating place, and I would get a group of killers around me. And I would, I took, I would, I would tell them, I'd say, I'm really at a disadvantage uh, but I said, just kind of give me what uh, the crime scene. What is the what is, when I arrived? The, what was what does the crime scene uh, look like? Uh, you know, to me, if I was if I was there, and just tell me a little bit something about the victim. Uh, and uh, they would tell me that I said, well, let me tell you about you. Let me tell you about you. Let me tell you about you. What was going on in your life at that time? And let me tell you talk about let's, where you came from. You know, as a, and what was going on in your early childhood. And then they would sit there. It was so interesting to them. <laughs> They would sit there, and I was in a circle with him, and their and their legs would be out wide, and their arms out, you know, and and they, they I can't get over it. They love it, they love it, and and I was interviewed, you know, a bunch of cop killers and kill, killers who kill their wives. I said, yeah, I really want to. I, I 
serial killer. Isn't there somebody in the yard here who, who's killed you know women over a period of time? Oh yeah, you got you got to talk to you know so and so here. That's wow, uh, he's, wow, he's great. And so so they went and they recruited him and they brought him in into the uh, into the uh, the uh, the next group I had uh, had in there. And uh, it, I, I write about it in my in the first book in Mind Hunter. But it was it was uh, he was shocked. This big guy, uh, another big guy, smart guy. His dad was a cop, and he would he would uh, follow women to a restaurant, get, uh, and he was following with his car to get a, the license plate. Because his dad was a cop, he could run a license plate check uh, on that oh uh, on that victim. So he, he so then he would have them go into the restaurant and say, and "Would you tell uh, Mr. So and So or So and So that that uh, their car they left the lights on in, in their car outside?" He would make the announcement. The victim comes out. He then would abduct them, and then what he would do? He would, after he kills them, he would dispose of them in an area where he would later come back as he's an ambulance driver, and he would he would be able to not only kill the victims but then return to pick up the body of the, the victim who he who he killed earlier <sighs> earlier that night. That is, it's just it's just. You can't That's comprehend. Why, you can't comprehend it. Yeah, yeah you can't yeah. comprehend it. Wow, but you That's can. There's so many more. That's why Mindhunter. We don't know if there's going to be a season three. Yet, yeah. there, there's just so many cases that they could be doing. Uh, uh, you know, there and, has and, to be a season three, John, because I've watched yeah. the first two seasons <laughs> and they left it. They, they've only just started to scratch oh, yeah. the BTK killer. And yeah. damn it, yeah. I, that's yeah. one. That's one of the cases I'm most fascinated by. Yeah, I interviewed him but, too. I interviewed Dennis Schrader. Besides working a case, I interviewed him. I did a book just on him, uh, Inside the Mind of the BTK Strangler. By the way, just, just, just just to, just to remind people, we're talking to John Douglas, and, and, and the, the new book is The Killer's Shadow. If you're fascinated by anything you're hearing, there's a whole wealth of stuff. Oh, Preston yeah. keeps pointing out Mindhunter, which is a great uh, a great series. And, and in a way, and it's it, I, and Preston, you know, we were talking about struggling with this thing is that mm-hmm. You don't want to sound. It's, you don't want to sound like, oh wow, but but you but it is it it is a fascinating peek into a side. Of, I mean, what, what John, what you deal with is is a world that's alien to us, and I think our natural instinct is to fight to understand it yeah. because it's something yeah. that is so beyond our reach, and it it's this constant enigma that just sits out there reminding us of of the potential in people to be horrific. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, with that comes yeah. the potential of people to be fantastic and charitable and come mm-hmm. to the aid of these people and mm-hmm. do the work that you do yeah. to look inside these, look across from these maniacs and save lives. So it is that balance. That's right. Um, it's it's difficult. It, yeah. it, it's uh, yeah, it's extremely difficult. And I, I get very close to the victims of, of crimes. But I also did things since I, when I left the Bureau. I've helped people who have been wrongfully convicted. Uh, I, I helped free the West Memphis Three. I don't know if you heard of the case. Oh, yes. Of yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I, I was... Uh, Peter Jackson, the director of Lord of the Rings, brought a, a group of us together. No one knew that he was responsible for bringing us uh, together on that case. But you know, these three three young teenagers were falsely accused of killing three eight year old boys. I didn't know if they if they did it or not until I got involved in the case. And you could see, there's no way they were not responsible. The cops uh, down in West Memphis, Arkansas, uh, were were over the heads, and they basically they railroaded um, you know these three kids. Uh, got a false confession out of a out of a kid with a 72 IQ. Even though later on he recanted that uh, that testimony, and they kept him locked up for a long period of time. And uh, these guys they served 18 years in prison. And I helped in the Amanda Knox case over in Italy. Yeah. And then I was involved in the John Benny Ramsey case, where I thought they were 
guilty going in, and and when I got involved, no, they didn't. They were not responsible for the, you know, for the death of their children. I got a lot of flack from my, my former colleagues, from police, who sent me letters saying I used to respect you, but now I don't respect respect you wow. at, at all. And and after all these years, they finally realized, and this, the family had nothing uh, to do with it. There was some show on CBS to try to. Yeah, that, that uh, where they end up being sued, that made up uh, a panel of former FBI agents and forensic people, well-known forensic people, who basically said that the Burke, the, her, uh, the at the time he was eight or nine years of age, that he was responsible for the death of his uh, of his young sister. Wow. Yeah, and uh, you know, those people were sued. CBS was was sued. There's no way they, yeah. they, they didn't do it. They just uh, you had a, a young cop uh, who. Um, who would accept uh, let he let a theory drive the investigation let's put it that way he let a theory drive the investigation rather than let forensics uh, and uh, any evidence right. dri- uh, uh, focus and drive the investigation yeah. and so if you have a theory don't dismiss evidence that doesn't support your theory yep. like they, they, you know don't do that and that's what uh, yeah, that's what happened sage advice case yeah. you wanted to ask something yeah well it's funny because i was actually going to ask about the opening scene of the very first season of mindhunter which was the thing that grabbed me and i go oh whoa this is this is wild and it's you know a guy ended up it was a hostage yeah, yeah. And, and i don't oh, know yeah, if that's, that, true. that's true that really did happen but yeah, it happened. uh during the course of your last answer you made me think about another netflix show it's called making a murderer and uh and uh the, the questioning of brendan dassey who yeah. I, I there's no doubt in my mind that that stephen avery was uh responsible for the for the murders uh, or the murder, at least. But Will Dassey, on the other hand, when you watch the questioning of that, uh, I don't know if you saw that and what your I thoughts did. were and on I that. And I agree with you. I know what you're saying. I agree with you. This, uh, Dassey reminds me of Jesse Miss Kelly in the West Memphis 3 case with a very low IQ. And you can tell him that there's cheese on, on the moon, and eventually you, you'll convince him that there's cheese on the moon. He's very malleable. I mean, he just doesn't understand. He doesn't. He, he no thought way. he was going home. He thought he was he, going that's home. Right. That's right. And so, no, Avery, I don't know about, but you're right. The other, Dacey, Dacey, whatever, he definitely, uh, I, I just don't believe uh, that you know, he had anything to do with the, the case. But he, here he sits in prison, you know, you know, as well today. John, yeah. This, yeah. Well, the, John, the, before, before yeah. we wrap, I mean, uh, uh, other than are, are you still actively involved in assisting or is being an author uh, what you do, uh, period, now? No, I do. I do cases, but I, I'm, very, I'm selective, and I don't. A lot of times, I don't want to be. In a, uh, let people know, you know, like the, like I'll tell an attorney, uh, I'll, I'll do it, but I'll help you behind the scenes. I also there's a good chance of maybe doing some television show here. I'll, I'll know sometime this month, but it looks pretty good. I'll be doing, doing something. Be based a lot of it. Really, be based coming out of a mind hunter out of the show, but like the real. Uh, kind of the real cases, because there are cases in the, the Netflix series when, uh, when that I was looking at. It. I mean, was, this is David Fincher, the director, and his, his writers. But yeah. they, but they, uh, they could have got a lot more information had they spoken with me much okay. more. Uh, and because uh, many times reality is better than the fiction. Certain parts of that are, are you you fictionalized, but the real reality was was really great. Yeah, uh, and some of these the 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 stress of going in and interviewing Richard Speck and 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 uh, what what that was like, and he's cursing and screaming at me. I mean, it's just it, and then next thing you know, I turn him around. He, he doesn't want me to leave. Uh, so there's so many there's so many. 
That's because you're so like him. <laughs> 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 he, the next time you show up, there's going to be like a little Whitman sampler and some coffee. Well, but the, the book is called The Killer Shadow. Preston, yeah, we, we've got to wrap, John. But thank we could, you so we could, you. Man, hey, you had me on a while. Thank we, you very much. We, we could talk to you for hours, and, and maybe someday we will. But uh, uh, I'm very much looking to checking out the book. It's called The Killer Shadow. It's available wherever books are sold, and you can get a digital audio formats, hard hardcover, all that stuff. Um, but it's fascinating stuff. John, thank you so much for your oh, time. You. and I've and enjoyed Continued success. We appreciate it. John Douglas, guys. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. That's, um, uh-huh. That man is has seen a lot. Um, He's and... also saved a lot of lives. Yes, he has. He saved a lot of lives. And, and you can't underestimate the importance of what he helped get set in motion. Because, again, you when you realize the importance of... Again, as he said, they were teaching classes on something they knew nothing about. Yep. So, so something that, you know, that there was a protocol that was alien to them. He 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 brought it into being. I don't think he ever sleeps no. um, by his uh-huh. energy level and yeah. uh, and everything he had to say. Wow, no wonder he is uh, one of the best at what he does. And listen, I'm telling you that that show, Mindhunter, it's like we couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. It's it's absolutely if, if if that is fascinating a subject to you. I've never seen anything better than that. So if you haven't seen it on Netflix, uh, take a look. And obviously, he's the guy. He's he's the dude that that started the whole profiling thing. It's he's Clarice Starling's. Uh, yeah. basically modeled after uh, yeah. the boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, we are going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. We still have a few guests on the show. We're going to talk to William Shatner. We're going to talk to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and we're going to have another shot for you to win five hundred bucks with no sad dough. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Glad you asked. ACDC. Royal Blood. Deftones. New music. More of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. The other day, I had uh, you know, so when we do these live commercials, we have uh, we have commercial copy, and sometimes it's an actual script, and sometimes it's just uh, right. what we call bullet points, things to, for you to mention. And there was one that clearly somebody did not, and it, it was scripted. <laughs> it was for Dunkin' Donuts. I think it was Matt Halper who might have written it, and uh, and he had put and Kathy's inflection there made me think of this. He had put a question mark at the end of a statement, so it literally <laughs> would have been like. They have brand new coffees at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> uh, I'm Ron Burgundy. They changed. Uh, yeah, I know. Ron Burgundy. Go left yourself, San Diego. It was right out of that. <laughs> and I was like, come on, man. Hey, uh, so we got about um, we got eight, eight or ten minutes to play with before we get uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin on. Uh, so I thought it might be a good idea to clean out the junk drawer before I yeah, do that. Before do we it. head into the weekend, and there's some stories that I might not have a chance to get to. So... Why not dig into a couple of things uh, real quick? So here I am digging in. Hang on. I'm very sound. Here, I'll do this. Where is it? Oh, there we go. I was uh, being talked to in the right ear. I, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yeah. spring that on you right as Marissa came in to talk to you. But I think you're cute. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Do you like me, yes or no? Like me, yes or no? Uh, I saw this. A gentleman... clean your pubes out of the shower. <laughs> Uh, a gentleman named George Whitmore uh, passed away. George Whitmore was a member of the first climbing team to scale El Capitan. Uh, he was 89 years old. Died from uh, complications related to COVID-19. He fell off a step so oh, no, 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 really? No, COVID-19. Uh, he died on New Year's Day in Fresno, California. Uh, he had uh, damage to his lungs after he was released from the hospital. But 
this legendary climber uh, was a cancer survivor, uh, tested positive for COVID-19 after developing a cough and fever. Uh, is Nancy, who was married to Whitmore for 41 years, said her husband had been extremely careful about wearing a mask. They don't know where he picked it up, though. Uh, but he was he was the last surviving member of the climbing team that was the first wow. to climb El Capitan, to reach wow. the top of El Capitan. What I it? know, I know that when they used to do it, um, like it would take days. It still can. Oh, we're no kidding. Oh yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, I was lucky and, enough to be in Yosemite uh, two summers ago, 2019. And uh, first of all, when you come around the corner and you see El Capitan, El Cap, oh. as they call it for the um, for the, when you see it for the first time, it is. Like seeing the Eiffel Tower for the first—I mean, it's just—it blows your mind mm-hmm. uh, how big it is, how impressive it, how impressive it is, how sheer the rock face is. Um, but normal people can climb it. You know, if you're at all into rock climbing, you could do it. Um, it, it would take a long time to do it because of the routes that you have to take. But it's not like uh, an impossible climb. Well, it's- fun fact, Nick, our, an upcoming guest, William Shatner, climbs it in Star Trek V. I remember that. <laughs> now, he's rescued by Spock, who catches him halfway down. But, um, yeah, it is uh, it is impressive to see hey, it. how much bigger is that than Half Dome? Because I think Half Dome is a cooler-looking look formation. At, look at the photo that we have in the studio. You see where the uh, mouse... I see it in the back, yeah. 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 So, um, the face of Half Dome is, um, I don't know, maybe half the size of the face wow. of, of El Cap. No um, kidding. But... Half Dome itself itself is also incredibly impressive. You have to use like a rope chain uh, to uh, like a metal rope chain to climb up El Cap. I'm sorry, to climb up um, Half, Half Dome, Dome mm-hmm. and you need a permit to do that. Uh, and obviously, you need permitting to do El Cap as well. So they did this. Uh, he did this alongside two gentlemen, Warren Harding and Wayne Mary. And uh, wait, Warren Harding was a Warren G. Harding was Warren a Harding, yes. right? yeah. Yeah. That's how old he was. Uh, Whitmore scaled the famous rock formation. They did it in 1958. And they created the path now that is known and used by climbers. It's known as the the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2008, you follow the nose wherever it goes. Uh, Whitmore returned to Yosemite to celebrate the 50th anniversary of historic ascent, uh, telling Associated Press he didn't realize how special the climb would be and the impact that it would make on the rock climbing community in the future. So, uh, sad news: last person, eighty nine, the group of first to uh, to climb. Uh, what else have here? How about a local story? Yes. Um, this is out of the Inquirer. Uh, apparently, there's a uh, gritty embroidery committee. Huh? <laughs> Itty bitty embroidery. <laughs> Philly, uh, Philly embroidery artist Leah Sacamano, uh, hosted by the East Kensington Bar Martha, had this uh, gritty themed virtual embroidery workshop. Martha. On January 17th, uh, it's going to be held by the bar's Instagram live feed, followed by an interactive Zoom call for all participants. Uh, the $60 class sold out in six hours. Oh, wow. Like, everybody wants to do this. Uh, comes with a nine-piece beginner embroidery kit featuring a custom-designed gritty pattern by local artist Aaron Kessel and a big old glass of orange wine. Orange uh, wine. Yeah, Martha owner uh, Johnny Med- Medlinski said, we think of gritty as very natural and funky, and that's what the orange wine is for us. Apparently, orange wine is made with white wine grapes left on the skins to add complexity and flavor to the structure of, of the tannis. I've never heard of orange ah, wine me neither. No. That's why no, I thought it, it sounds kind of weird. is nodding her head, so I guess she's had it before. Yeah, it was a trend um, a little while ago. I mean, it's been around for a really long time. It became trendy a little while ago. It's um, more expensive than regular wine. Oh, um, okay. And 
I haven't had one that is uh, good. Anything special about <laughs> it? But I also haven't like ponied up to buy like an expensive one. So um, if anybody is more of an expert on orange wine and wants to school us, uh, send me an email. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they have orange wine, and you can embroider. Uh, Gritty. So, uh, is Gritty going to pop up on that Zoom call? I would hope so. Yeah, right. right. Uh, the, by the way, this establishment has uh, hosted an outdoor holiday decoration workshop, Kathy, and they are planning to host virtual events on making snow globes as well Ooh. as local melted cheese competitions. Maybe they'll make oh. a list sometime. Well, no, you have to give me that because actually I was going to tell you guys this off the air, but I have a full, uh, Winter blues activities oh, list that we oh, can do. There you go. I'll give it awesome. to you. Oh my All god! Right. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Couple minutes to play with here. So you might think Florida is a stormy state, but Texas actually mm. saw the most lightning activity in 2020. I bring this up because uh, we had talked about Casey's fear of lightning the other day, and I actually had to live through a Texas thunderstorm that was. Raging when I was down there in a couple of years ago, I was in Austin. Well, I've been, I, you know, yeah. my dad lives in Dallas, so yeah. I've, I've been out many times, and they, they 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 cook up a hell of a lightning storm. Yeah, I mean the the, the uh, water washed out the final day of the, we were down there for Austin City Limits, and it washed out the entire concert ground, so the the last day was canceled. But uh, that night, I was blown away. I'm like, I've never heard a thunderstorm like this ever. Uh, so Texas experienced 33 million lightning strokes in 2020, uh, while Florida came in second place with just over 12 million. I would think by size alone, Texas is going to have just by yeah by the sheer more. But, uh, you're dealing with two big states. Now there are they talk about what super lightning, which occurs apparently um, more in like a Japan, and uh, and I guess it literally is a more powerful. Lightning that that strikes. So um, I I don't know the delineation, but man, yeah, it, those suckers rage. All right, so lightning rods are rods that like well, for lack they, of they, terms, draw, they, they attract lightning. That's supposed to be the deal. Okay, now are they able to then harness said energy coming from the lightning? Uh, Frankenstein or? did. Okay. Frankenstein. But what they do I've is they, they run it into the ground. Okay. They, yeah. yeah, it grounds it. All right. So there's no way. There's no way to actually harness the power of lightning, or is there? I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure there is. I'm sure they have. I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, they have like wind I'm, farms. I'm probably talking out my yeah. ass, but I mean, yeah. I mean, at, at, I think you need a DeLorean. I yeah, mean, DeLorean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yes. <laughs> the one point twenty one gigawatts. Yeah, I mean, generally is what you get in a lightning. The stainless steel. Frame. A bolt of lightning. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so case, uh, and you'll also want to stay away since you you hate lightning. Mm. Uh, stay away from Oklahoma. Kansas and Missouri, they round out the top five. You know, again, uh, being out in, in Texas, and uh, that's where I first saw the uh, tornadic action. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – it's. so when you get nervous about the storms around here, mm-hmm. it's just amateur hour. Yeah, exactly. All right, um, that's it for the junk drawer. That's all I have time Aww, to uh, to clean out, so thank you. I, I have other things, but we'll, I'll save them. Listen, we can only be so entertaining. I'll put those in the recycle file. Uh-huh. Our next guest was born in Texas. Uh, so he would know about it, right? Yeah. Them having the most lightning strikes of anywhere in the country. Uh, he's got season two of his show, Straight Up Steve Austin. Good show. Monday at 11 p.m. is when you will be able to see it on the USA Network. So please welcome Mr. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yay! This morning, hey Steve. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. Hey, we were just uh, we were talking about your home state of Texas being the number one state for lightning strikes. I'm see. I'm sure you've seen your fair share of Texas storms making their way through the area. 
Man, you ain't kidding. Uh, way back in the day when I uh, brought the Broken Skull Ranch down there in South Texas, my first night to spend uh, spend on the property, and I was in a double wide, and a storm rolled in, and it was so incredible. I just sat there in the window with a beer in my hand. And awesome. <laughs> it was. It, there was so much lightning. I, I swear to God, I thought I thought like. Uh, a UFO or something was going to come out of the heavens. But yeah, we got some badass lightning out there in Texas. And I've been out there on my side-by-side stuck sometimes on the back end of the property. And those bolts of lightning start coming down. And your immediate instinct is, hey, get, get underneath the tree. Yeah, <laughs> which is the, the worst. Yeah, yeah, the last place so you want to be. Hauling mm-hmm. Yeah, you're hauling ass and it's just pouring down rain trying to get back to the shop and that side-by-side. and. See, it got a little hairy sometimes because I'm not a big fan of lightning. I don't want to get struck. (laughs) I don't blame you. Uh, So, Steve, uh, season two uh, premieres on Monday. That's lightning striking twice, coming back in for another season of this. And I'm curious, you know, as as an interview-based show and and being the guy asking the questions, what what did you pick up from season one uh, that you uh, would either like to continue with or maybe change? Did you learn some things in season one that have now uh, in, uh, informed you on what to do in season two? Yeah, you know, season one, you're, you're trying to learn a lot because, you know, we, we you, shoot a, you shoot a pilot and about a year later it gets picked up and then it's like, okay, we shot a pilot, but really, you know, wh- what is this show? How does it work? And you go through the paces and we did really good numbers last year, but I figured it's, you know, it, it's more of my guest, you know, me sprinkled in there, but hey, listen, let, let them, I'm facilitating the process. And, you know, we've got a couple of activities, you know, I'm, I'm driving a vehicle or we're doing an activity and yeah. you know, just bouncing off each other. You, you want to hear their story and where they come from. So, uh, you, you know, as you guys know, with repetition, you only get better. Yeah. So I think uh, through season one, I think I think I was improved for season two. And I think I can only improve if I keep getting more seasons. So thankfully, everybody tunes in and watches this show. No, you're, you're good. I mean, you're, 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 you're good at what you do. And I think you pick a lot of that up. You know, I, again, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say what I've said many times, pound for pound, if you come up through the ranks of, of, of uh, wrestling and performing for crowds like that, you, you have a sense of your audience. You've had Tough Enough, Red Net Island, Broken Skull Challenge. So you, you got, you know, you got your chops, you've done movies, you've done all that stuff. And I, I enjoyed it. I caught a couple of the episodes of the first season. I love the Rob Riggle stuff. And, you, and you're right, you do activities that sort of break the ice. And uh, allow people to uh, to sort of open up a bit, and that's that's a good methodology. Now, season two, you have Brett Favre, you have um, Steve O, who is great. Um, who who is who is of this new season? Uh, who who blew you away? Who caught you off guard? Well, man, Tiffany Haddish. If you've seen her stand up stuff, I mean, she'll knock your socks off being funny, and she really broke out in Girls Trip. I mean, she's like that one of the hottest properties in Hollywood right now. And you get around her and you feel this charismatic energy that you don't feel from too many human beings. She did hanging out with ice T because you know, he's one of OGs of gangster rap. And I've been <laughs> yeah. watching him and listening to him forever. And when you ask that guy a question because of his background, I mean, you're sitting under a learning tree. And so, and, and Brett Favre, I've watched his whole career, almost the same age as me, going down to, you know, his stomping grounds in Mississippi was unbelievable. And, you know, this first episode we have coming up with Luke Combs, he's the hottest uh, singer on two feet right now with nine consecutive number one hits, three number one platinum albums. That kid, because I'm already a fan of his music, 
that kicking it with him was just absolutely amazing. And I could go on and on and gush about each guest because they each brought something different to the table. They, they're they all badass in what they do. And Burt Kreischer, <laughs> I spit out so much beard. <laughs> so, yeah, Burt, Burt. Bert, tape up my rib. Burt, <laughs> Burt's a good friend of the show. We have him on a lot. He has his own his own show uh, that just premiered last night. And uh, but I mean uh, the stuff that you're selecting to do is fun in the in the um, uh, and I, I have not seen the episode. I saw the, it's in the uh, the the teaser trailer. One of those uh, high speed sort of dolphin subs. It looks like you're you're taking that out for a spin. Oh man, that thing's incredible! It's like half speed boat, half submarine. Yeah, and you know I'd seen those things. I'd researched them. And, you know, the, the day before, you know, that's kind of when we would do our prep. My guest isn't there, but we're there because we, we've got to kind of see how this is going to work, you know, what, what the camera angle is going to look like. And I have to learn how to master that thing and, and operate. So, hey, man, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, hanging out with these uh, superstars. And I, if we're driving, we're doing high-speed stuff or anything adrenaline-based, nothing can go wrong. So. <laughs> I've got to be an expert, and yeah, that, that's, and I I thrive on that pressure. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you they're they're having fun with you, and that's that's when things you know you can see things really open up with people, and and their guard comes down when they're having a good time. Um, do you do you guys check with them ahead of time and make sure that they <laughs> they haven't already been in a, in a speedboat slash submarine before you do it? <laughs> Yeah, you know, they, they kind of have a, a sense of what we're doing because we want to make sure that they're cool with what we're doing, but we don't smarten them, up, smarten them up all the way. Right. So they might know a little bit, but they don't know everything. All right. Hey, Stone Cold, I wanted to ask uh, something I, I learned about you. I saw you on that, that TV show, Hot Ones. Uh, for those who don't know, it's people eat hot sauces, yeah. and <laughs> it increases it and goes on. You, you held your own all the way to the end. But I didn't know you had this talent of being able to know what your heart rate is at any given time. How did you get that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, every, every now and then, it's an exciting moment when your heart just starts, you know, beating out of your chest. You like to time it and, and see, you know, where you're at. <laughs> and so, hell, I've timed myself, you know, like adrenaline spikes or you uh. know, going through crowds or whatever, just... Uh, I'm one of those, I'm a time fanatic. I'm, I'm OCD. I'm type A personality. Okay. And so I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with my, uh, fascination or infatuation with time itself. Oh, wow. Okay. I also want to bring up the, the, uh, you appeared in the Undertaker uh, documentary. Um, and, and, you know, you, you, you're someone who came from wrestling and you, you love wrestling. It's clear you, you love all that, that, that brought to you. It was, it were you kind of juggling two tabs at once, being a participant and clearly a fan yourself? When I was in the ring? Yeah. Oh, no, man. I was, uh, you know, I, I guess the fan part of you comes out afterwards. But, man, I was totally a participant. And you're, and you're immersed in. And, you know, when you first get in, you're, you're learning mechanics. And then you're learning psychology. Right. If anybody's smartened you up, you're developing a character along the way. Uh, that wasn't uh, really brought to my attention until a few years in the business. But, I mean, you are totally immersed into learning how to control and manipulate a crowd, you know, based on things you're calling in the ring. And that's the way it was back then. So, like I've always, I always tell everybody, I don't hear very well. I'm halfway deaf. But when you put me in a crowd and I'm forced to entertain, man, I can hear a mouse fart up there in row 100. <laughs> hey, Steve, um, you had a long career, and I'm sure that, you know, um, 
there were a lot of people that wrestled you that were just uh, in awe of being able to wrestle with you, and you probably have wrestled almost all of the greats. Is there anybody that you never did have a chance to share a ring with that uh, that you regret? It would have been great to uh, have a match with Hulk Hogan because he has such a fantastic, uh, long-lasting career and, and uh, really you know, brought the uh, business to uh, a mainstream level that and hadn't been seen at before. And I would have loved to wrestle Ric Flair, you know. <laughs> Ric Flair, yeah. Because Flair's my goat. Uh, and and, and th- there's a bunch of them, but uh, <clears throat> right off the bat, you know, Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be my, I think, Hogan would be my number one, and then you would be my number two. I hope that's not an insult. <laughs> that is not an insult, because you know that if you're going to go with me, you're probably going to get your ass whipped. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that would be an honor, oh, sir. Nice. All right, well, listen, season two of Straight Up Steve Austin premieres Monday night. That's at 11 p.m. on USA Networks. Great to talk to you, Steve. Thanks for coming on this morning. Hey, watch out for them lightning strikes. Yeah, we will. All right, so cold. Yeah! Steve Austin! Good guy. He's, 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 got, he's got that really good, you know, he's, he's also perfect for these shows. Yeah. The personality just uh, yep. really he hops out. Yep. All right. Uh, our next guest has a bit of a personality himself. He's been a part of my life oh, since I was a kid. And, uh, yeah, a pop culture center. We've had the pleasure to speak to him uh, a number of times over the years, and we're ready to go now. And you're a fan of this show, Steve. I love this show. Yeah. Uh, Fridays at 9 on the History Channel, you can find The Unexplained. Please welcome the one and only Mr. William Shatner. Uh, What a pleasure. Tumultuous applause, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How do I follow Steve Austin? Good (laughs) Lord. I I love that wrestling thing, but I'm not here to talk about wrestling. No, you're here Uh, to talk about The the Unexplained, which I have to say is is sort of appointment television. My wife and I are big History Channel fans to begin with. Uh, This show, and it's amazing because there are a number of shows that, you know, we're going to uncover this and uncover that, uh, Bill. But the, the, um, the, the topics you are hitting are just... Really fascinating, and I was t- describing to Preston. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely stunning. I mean, we well, there are mysteries all over the. Uh, you know, our life is composed of mysteries, the life and death, and but there are other smaller mysteries that uh, just have no explanation that tantalize you, like this show tonight is about mummies, yeah, and the mummification. I, I mean, we know about the Egyptians wrapping the bodies up and preserving. We don't quite know how. But there's also the possibility there's a curse on these mummies because when they broke through uh, in Egypt a hundred years ago, when they broke through uh, the first crypt, uh, several members of that group have died uh, mysteriously. I mean, it is is a fascinating thing. And you you could glean – I mean, there's – you know, you you can glean so much from it, but it's it's amazing how even after all this time with all of this research, and this can be true of a number of the episodes that that uh, and the topic matters for these various episodes, we still don't have conclusive answers. They remain these mysteries, obviously, you know, explained with the unexplained. But um, is there anything that you have on your list personally that you're fascinated with that you've suggested or want them to do an episode on? Uh, well, yes, I do a lot. I read a lot. So, I, you know, I was reading recently uh, a book about underground caves. Yes. And how those paintings uh, got on there 50,000 years ago in, in lamp in the, uh, 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 light by a torch because it's uh, uh, underground. 
uh, how did the Polynesians make all those, uh, uh, how did they get to all these distant islands in the mm-hmm. Pacific? But tonight's man is about mummies and, and not only mummies, Egyptian mummies, but today. Yes. Today. It goes on today. Well, there are people uh, who dress their mummies, who, who preserved bodies and dress the bodies up on, in a ritual and address the bodies. Address the bodies, but then talk to the bodies. <laughs> yeah, like yearly. Yearly. Yeah. Now we discovered there's the other thing. It's people who mummify, people who are alive who mummify themselves to talk to the dead. So it's not the dead talking to the live, it's the live talking to the dead. And now, <laughs> wait a minute, here's the, here's the topper. This one I can't get beyond. Okay. This is the big one. Yeah. All right. They've got DNA of a, of a monk, a mummified yes. monk. DNA. They've recreated the voice box of a monk, and they've put air through these the, this reconstructed uh, voice box, and although it can't make vowel sounds, there is a sound that they can make through the voice box that must have been this guy's sound. That's we, we we played some audio of a little bit of that. It, it's unbelievable that they can do this. But again, that you guys are finding these things that that really no one has done. You know, with all these shows, you're fi- you're finding your niche. Uh, I mean, this this sort of stuff. I mean, uh, it, it, every answer provides fifteen other questions, and that's what's so engaging about the show. Well, how smart of you to to look? Uh, how showbiz wise of you to have spotted that? And that's exactly right. The research people in this company, uh, Prometheus, are incredible. They are discovering these things, and. And I, too, looking uh, as I do through uh, the mysteries of things, uh, I'm into horses and dogs. And, uh, you know, it's one thing do we, we, we have a dog, but do, are dogs, how intelligent? Yeah. Where does their intelligence lie? How much of their spirit, since they, they can talk to us but not in, in the English language, they're talking to us, but what are they saying, and how much are they feeling with the mystery of the animals around us? Yes, uh, Bill, this uh, this show, and I, I love this subject matter. It's it's great, and it, it, it's it's reminiscent of of your contemporary uh, Leonard Nimoy with um, uh, In Search of Yes, uh, back in the nineteen seventies. As a kid, I absolutely devoured that program when it when it would come I on. I loved it too. Yeah. I loved that show. Yeah, and this is not unlike that exactly, but you know, in the in the thirty years. Since then, there's been so much uh, more uh, uh, exploration and explanation as science uh, has delved into these these mysteries. We're trying to discover the answer, and the ooga booga (laughs) of it is there doesn't seem to be an answer. No, no, there is an answer. You you did you did an episode that was the mysteries of the Bible, uh, which and 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 it's great. And and I, I looked at my wife and I said. I said, you know, I look at you go, you know, I said, I exactly said Shatner just loves this kind of stuff because you can see your delivery is very dramatic and you're selling it and it's great. But the stuff is so engaging. I mean, it's the kind of thing where um, I'm waiting for, you know, uh, uh, one or two years so you can have weekend long 
unexplained marathons because you know history lo- channel loves to do the marathons because it's that kind of of uh, of compulsive watching uh, exactly we we've shot all that i think our second season we've we've produced all of our second season i'm waiting for them to renew more uh second season or order uh, another order for the third season it it is you're absolutely right i find this stuff stunning i mean this book on uh on caves uh, what was his name? Uh, called Underground, and and uh, by a spelunker. There's a guy buried in a cave because he couldn't get out of the hole where he had wedged himself, and gradually the carbon dioxide uh, uh, killed him because oh. they couldn't dissipate the carbon dioxide, and they mummified him. They put him in in. Uh, and cal- calcified. Oh wow! Rock. That is wild. That is, did you see the Werner Herzog documentary on the cave drawings? Was that a couple years ago? It was. If you're into this kind of stuff, it's a uh, you know the great director Werner Herzog. You may want to check that out. And and that's what we're going to uh, yeah. one of the sub- okay. Uh, the Yoga Booga. Yeah. The Yoga Booga. I love that. Hey, Bill, I want to ask a, a question off topic from the, the, the TV show, but my, my dad lives in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, and I go visit him from time to time. And uh, one time we took a drive from there to the uh, the Maker's Mark um, distillery. Uh, and while we were on the way, I think he pointed out a property that was like, I think he said, I think that's William Shatner's uh, property, because uh, I know you do own property in, in Kentucky. And Yeah. Um, would, would he have been right, or was he full of crap? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, we don't want to tell you that your dad is full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. maybe, your dad, maybe your dad needs mummification. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you're known to you, you're, a long history with Arabian horses and horses in general. Is, is that, have, you ever, have you ever raised racing horses? Uh, I, I've been in Lexington for 40 years hmm. and had different properties. Oh, maybe he saw a property I once owned. Or that I put a bid on, or okay. I bought and sold. Uh, that's possible, absolutely. But right now, I have a house hidden way in the hills, and okay. and uh, and, don't there. There <laughs> yeah. and don't come there. And don't come there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, but it doesn't really matter because you went to Maker's Mark and forgot all about yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, it was fantastic. We took a tour of uh, Keeneland while we were in Lexington, too, which was just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, uh, it was beautiful. Yeah. I've never been to the Maker's Mark uh, 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 distillery. It's, it's it's really neat. It's a little smaller than you think it might be for as, as worldwide yeah. as they are, but uh, it was Did very they give impressive. you a taste? Oh, yeah. You get samples. <laughs> you absolutely. better. Yeah, yeah you better. Um, well, listen, Bill, we appreciate the call. It's always great to talk to you, and you've always got something great going on, so we'll point people in the direction of the History Channel. Friday nights tonight, 9 o'clock, The Unexplained. And it's a good show. Booga Booga. Booga we'll Booga. Be Booga. Tonight with Booga, Booga. Take care, guys. All right, Thank take care. Talking. William Shatner. Yeah. Yeah. He's the best, yeah. man. I love that William Shatner is William Shatner, man. Those That's, pauses yeah. are priceless. <laughs> and in the, in the show, like I was telling you, that's what he does. He goes, inside a cave. <laughs> this where you would find <laughs> and they have it's just him but behind him are these huge screens yeah so and it says arc like on the history channel site it says our cast 
William Shatner. Yeah. <laughs> I forget, have uh, either of you guys ever met him? No. Just, just on the phone? At convention. Convention? Okay. Uh, meeting in that I was one of the yeah. 900 people, yeah, yeah. With, <laughs> most of them with large bags full of cans of soda in their backpacks. I mean, he's 89, but you talk about guests that would be great to have in studio because you could talk to them for an hour or yeah. two or whatever, and he'd be one. One of the funniest Saturday Night Live things I'd ever seen was when he's at the convention. at the, the convention yeah. and and he he starts his preamble and he's like you've all come here from all, you know you think he's going to just yeah. throw all this praise on them he's like people have come from hundreds of miles and there's all these years of just one thing to say yeah I just want to say get a life get a life <laughs> will you be. <laughs> It, it was it was just a TV show. Yeah. It was. It's funny. Move out of your parents' basement. It, <laughs> it was outstanding. Oh, it was God. just the best, man. <laughs> uh, but I love having him on. All right. Um, let's take a break and get back in a moment because we are very, very close. We are about eight and a half minutes away from your next shot at winning $500. And that is with, of course, our No Sad Dough contest. We'll get you the word, tell you how to enter it. Hopefully, everything is working at this point. We'll find out. Uh, coming back with the B file as well. So make sure you stay with us. free MMR app for your phone. You can stream us live, get on-demand audio and video, and we can even send you alerts on really important stuff. Plus, it's Android Auto and Apple CarPlay compatible. The MMR app, making your smartphone a little dumber. It is 10.02. Alright, we can do this? Yeah! Alright, let's do this now. 93.3 WMMR presents No Sandu! Maybe not. Uh, Are you yeah, kidding me? I, um, the, uh, the the oh, word the word got thrown in the trash. I trash. I saw there that. It there it is. is. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. All right. Yeah. This hour's keyword for no sad dough is fancy. F A N C Y. All right. F A N C Y. You have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter fancy. And there are three ways to do that. You can do it by texting the special contest short code number, which is 45911. Or if you'd like to be automatically entered for the $10,000 grand prize, enter it on the MMR mobile app or at WMMR.com. One random entry wins $500 in this company-wide contest, and that person will get a call from Beasley. Be sure that you answer your phone. Contest rules available at WMMR.com. So one more time, that word is fancy. Don't send it to our regular text number. Text it to 45911 or use the app or go to WMMR.com. Do we have a fancy system that can handle text now? Uh, we're going to find out. Yeah. We're going to find out. All right, we got to get our final look at NJM Insurance Group traffic. Let's do that now. Kath, what's going on? Yes, on the Schuylkill westbound, <laughs> you're jammed University to 30th Street, the Vine westbound, backing up the Ben Franklin Parkway to the Schuylkill, 95 northbound, slows from Broad Street to the Walt Whitman Bridge through the new construction layout south between Cotman and Bridge. That's also a construction zone, three lanes block. The boulevard southbound between 9th and Fox, a long-term construction project there, causing some delays and then in Upper Moreland, Route 63, Welsh Road at Computer Avenue. We've got an accident there. The Ben Franklin Bridge westbound slows the toll plaza to the downside. The right lane is closed with construction and then eastbound on the Walt Whitman Bridge. We've got the right lane closed with construction. This traffic report brought to you by Universal Technical Institute with thousands of technician job openings nationwide. Trained to pursue an automotive career. Let UTI show you jobs in demand and how you can get trained in less than a year. UTI.edu. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Bizarre Final.
Brought to you by God Shawls. All the bacon tastes 80% less fat. You can make the switch to God Shawls real wood smoked turkey bacon. And check out the new Make the Switch campaign with Brian Westbrook at GodShawls.com. Stephanie Williams of uh, Port Charlotte, Florida, says that she was driving on Interstate 75 when she noticed a load of wood carried by a large commercial vehicle ahead of her did not appear to be tightly secured. She says one of the pieces lifted up off the back and caught the wind swaying directly toward her car. And I think it was like a big... Like uh, almost like wall size oh, piece man. of plywood, yeah, a plank. yeah, and uh, it crashed through the driver's side of her windshield, and it broke. It fell apart when it struck her door frame. William says she was unable to get enough information to identify the truck or the operating company. Uh, it's not clear if an investigation has been launched. I had that happen on. I came uh, along the aftermath of it on uh, the Northeast Extension just last week. And I saw the guy on the side of the road out of his truck tying stuff down, but a big chunk of oh, wood had flown off. Whenever that, I it? travel behind something hauling stuff Oof. like that, I'm like, right, let me get out of here. I know. I know. Uh, a guy who was talking to 60 girls at the same time mm. accidentally added them all to the wrong group chat, oh. and naturally things didn't go well. One of the girls took screen recordings of the group chat and compiled them into a video, which has since gone viral. Apparently, the man in question, whose name is Isaac, only meant to send all the girls a shirtless pic. Hmm. Instead, he created a group chat featuring the 60 girls he flirts with and hits up on a regular basis. Most of the girls found the whole situation pretty funny. I also purchased some new product. (laughs) (laughs) Others used the chat to call out Isaac as an apparent flirt. Did you get a new bag over the holidays that you're bringing into work these days? It's awesome. Uh, after the girls got a chance to know each other a bit better, Isaac finally messaged them all in the group chat and explained what had happened. Uh, he said, I'm so sorry for my actions. I went upstairs to hit a late night workout and, <laughs> and had a terrible idea to create a private story to post douchey Snapchats to. As you know, I created a group instead. This is truly humbling, and I'm sorry for those I hurt in the process. Yeah, I am learning from this mistake and will be reevaluating my life. Oh, I will okay. be throwing an Isaac roast party soon, and you will all be invited. Ah, what a guy. Yeah. A, <laughs> uh, a Tennessee restaurant broke a Guinness World Record after assembling a 1,120 pound dish of spam musubi. What is Spam Musubi? It is a sushi-like dish involving rice and Spam layers wrapped in seaweed. So it's it's basically Spam Sushi. I've seen these before. Never had one. They spam actually sushi. had them. They had them in Hawaii. Spam is very actually, popular in Hawaii. Looks good. Oh, yeah. um, so it looks like kind of fried Spam on top of rice with a with seaweed. I do like fried Spam. I do too. Yeah. Uh, Kimono Hawaiian Bar and Grill in Clarksville said that they made the record attempt to raise funds for local profits, loaves and fishes. Uh, the chefs were aiming to beat the previous world record of 628 pounds. They ended up nearly doubling it when their 1,120-pound 1, Spam Musubi uh, ended up being about four feet wide, eight feet long, and one foot tall. So, it's, oh, uh, okay, we can It's a record now. breaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so they're pretty... We broke it down. Mm-hmm. We can go home. Yep. Uh, an Australian sa- uh, sailor has been rescued after being found clinging to a beacon in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, David Simpson, 64 years old, was thrown from his boat when a strong wave hit the vessel. He watched his boat with his dog on board float away uh, and then managed to swim around a half a mile to a water beacon 
where he waited to be pushed up by a wave in order to cling to the beacon's ladder. Uh, the wave hit the side of the boat. He said, I was trying to secure the dinghy, which had come off, uh, come, had come a little bit adrift, and a rope broke holding the dinghy. The dinghy hit me, and I fell about two and a half to three meters on my ribs and then off the boat. So he was up on the ladder. I've seen these type of beacons. And he was up on the ladder. Yeah. At least he had the ladder. Had to hang on to it. Actually, uh, he got off. He was on easy street. <laughs> uh, another sailor uh, discovered the unmanned vessel with the motor still running. And the dog was yeah. okay, by the way, on Good. board. And uh, alerted the authorities. Simpson said that he tried to attract attention in any way he could. He even took off his shorts so he could wave him around. He said, maybe that's why nobody stopped, because I was naked. Uh, but three hours after the alarm was raised, Rimson, uh, Simpson was found... <laughs> By a helicopter, which uh, spotted him in the dark uh, a couple of miles away from his vessel. So he got lucky. They found him, and he was saved. But if if my boat sinks for any reason, I want to be next to a beacon this size. Yeah, 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 it's huge. Yeah. All right, one last story. A central Pennsylvania man was so annoyed with what he regarded as light pollution from his next-door neighbor's house that he decided to fully illuminate his displeasure. So Joseph McConnell got eight construction-grade floodlights, the kind you see at highway work sites, aimed them all at his neighbor's home and turned them on. As a police officer who answered the resulting complaint described it, those floodlights caused McConnell's entire neighborhood to be lit up like Wrigley Field. Really pissed off Todd and Margo. McConnell didn't get the satisfaction he was uh, hoping for. Instead... Uh, he ended up with a disorderly conduct conviction and a $200 fine levied by a Lancaster County judge. A state superior court panel just hit the off switch on his appeal of that conviction. At least seven neighbors, including the intended target, called the police who said they spoke with McConnell for about 45 minutes before he agreed to turn off the lights. A judge convicted McConnell of the disorderly conduct charge and fined him 25 bucks. McConnell appealed to the county court and upheld the conviction and upped the fine to $200. During the trial, McConnell's next-door neighbor said the beams of the floodlights penetrated every window on the back side of our house. He said McConnell agreed to extinguish the floodlights only after he had doused his own backyard motion detector triggered security light. Another neighbor testified the floodlights lit up at least nine houses. McConnell, McConnell testified that he got the floodlights after township officials told him that they couldn't do anything about the neighbor's lights that were annoying him. So what, the, the neighbor had motion lights that would go on and off? I guess so. Yeah. But I mean, you know. Yeah, it's their motion lights. They're not going to be on all the time. Right, right. Uh, McConnell stated uh, McConnell stated that he put up the lights to make a <laughs> statement, and he thought that if that if he was cited and fined for his conduct, he would later be able to go in front of a judge to explain why he did it. Mister McConnell, and he did, and the judge would also be able to address the neighbor's lighting at the same hearing. But that wasn't the case, and he got fined instead. And there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file. All right, you got a couple of minutes left. It is uh, almost ten twelve, so roughly three minutes left for you to get on board for no sad dough. Uh, we have the word fancy as this hour's keyword. So get seems to be working, Preston. Is it working? Yay! Yeah. I, I texted in and I got the response. Yay! Uh, so co- uh, text to the special contest short code four five nine one one. The word fancy, or enter it at. Um, the MMR app or at WMMR.com. And if you do it that way, not only do you have a chance to win $500, you also might win the $10,000 grand prize. So good luck to you. We'll get a winner in just a few minutes. We're going to come back in a second. And we have the uh, music news, lesson question, trash, all that stuff. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. 
back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Give it away our Word of the Week prize in just a little while. It's getting closer to that, so don't miss it. And don't miss your opportunities to win $500 several times today. we got five more opportunities for you. So make sure that you're paying attention. Next one will be at noon and then 2 and then 4 and 6 and 8. It's basically on the even hours up until 8 p.m. So we want you to win. Don't miss your chance. We're going to give something away now, an opportunity for you to win a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. And uh, we're going to do one from the very first moment we cracked the mic today. What it was my special greeting for the day for all listeners of the uh, Preston and Steve show. (laughs) Uh, 215-263-WMMR. It was, a, it was a little pleasantry that I threw out there, and I kind of mixed it up a bit. Let's see if you know. 215-263-WMMR. It was at like 610 this morning. While you're calling in, we're going to do this. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by your local Confidence Plus Service Center. Car need a service? Find your location at myconfidenceplus.com. Com. Let's get some stories. Steve, what's up this morning? Well, Gwen Stefani telling The Tonight Show that she actually wishes fiancé Blake Shelton had proposed even sooner. Stefani clarified, saying that if he had, she probably would not have drywalled up her vagina. Oh, oh wow. Hey. <laughs> Amazon's Jeff Bezos, no longer the richest man on earth now that Elon Musk has achieved a net worth of $185 billion. Musk says he knew he had hit the milestone when his Alexa randomly told him to go F himself. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, finally, Avril Lavigne putting a long-standing rumor to bed confirming that she is herself and not an imposter who stepped in to replace her after a supposed death in 2002. Levine says she finally decided to address the ridiculous rumor after her doctor brought it up during a prostate exam. I <laughs> <laughs> we will see if you know the answer to the question. My special greeting today to begin the show was what? 215-263-WMMR. We've got Adam Who's going to take a shot at this? Adam, good morning. Morning. How are you? Good. All right, Adam, what's my wonderful uh, greeting for the day? Good welcome. Good welcome to you all. Hold on a moment, Adam. We are going to give you a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card, and you can start the new year off right now with wood-grilled specialties from Bonefish Grill, like the Craveworthy Risotto Del Mar with jumbo shrimp and lobster sherry. Cream sauce. It's only seventeen ninety, and you good. can order carryout online at bonefishgrill.com. Delivery from DoorDash and Uber Eats, or dine in whenever you are ready. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on ninety three three WMMR. Kings of Leon. Oh yeah, yeah Kings of Leon will release their eighth studio album called "When You See Yourself." On March fifth, so they have a date. Leon! <laughs> Never uh, gets old. They've nope. uh, they've already released two singles from the project: "The Bandit" and "A Hundred Thousand People." Uh, the band lot. has been uh, teaming, teasing new material on social media uh, since the start of the new year. On Christmas Day, Jared Followell tweeted, uh, "If you were promised new King's music in two weeks, would you forgive us? Could you?" And when you see yourself as King of Leon, Kings of Leon's. First album since 2016's Walls. I haven't heard either of them. I'm uh, Nick. I did, I know that you had listened just, to the teasers. Yeah, just the teasers that they posted on Instagram, and it, it sounds like Kings of Leon. So okay. I, I liked the last album. I really loved the two prior to that. Um, but yeah, I'll take a listen when it comes out. 
Uh, recording for Hailstorm's fifth studio album has officially begun. The group has been doing some socially distanced work in the studio uh, just this week where Lizzie Hale says that they've been putting in 14-hour days. Uh, she had said that they've already demoed about 60 songs, and she said we're demoing... Jeez. For this record, in the middle of our last record cycle, when we were still on tour, I was just in our practice room on tour with my amps, and I would just force myself to write something every day. So when we finally got to the point where we were like, okay, let's see what we got, we all sit down and we're like, all right, uh, that one, that one, okay. It stinks! That one beats that one. <laughs> yes. It's like having this thousand-piece puzzle, and you dump it out, and you're like, ah, oh, I know it all goes together. That's right, it stinks! <laughs> but I don't know... <laughs> What the picture is yet? So they've been putting putting stuff together. Sixty, it's amazing. Uh, and then this, and it ties in with what we're doing at MMR this weekend. It was five years ago on Sunday uh, that we lost David Bowie. Uh, just two days after his 69th birthday, uh, today mar- marks what would have been his uh, 74th birthday. Uh, Bowie's death followed a private 18-month battle with cancer. And according to a report from insiders in the Bowie camp, uh, the music legend died from liver cancer after suffering from a handful of heart attacks God. in recent years. Yeah. I didn't even know he had heart attacks. I didn't either. Survived by his wife of 23 years, a supermodel Iman, his son, movie director Duncan Jones, and his daughter with Iman Alexandria. Uh, David Bowie tribute concert is set to stream tonight, by the way, at 9 o'clock. Uh, it's headed up by his Spiders from Mars keyboardist, Mike Garson. And we'll feature contributions from uh, Joe Elliott, Peter Frampton, uh, Duran Duran, Trent Reznor, Billy Corgan, Perry Farrell, Gavin Rossdale, Ian Asbury, Lizzie Hale, Macy Gray, um, Living Colors, Corey Glover, uh, Boy George, Taylor Momsen, Richie Gervais, uh, Youngblood, a lot of people, uh, Adam Lambert, Gary Oldman. Um, so they will get that underway tonight. In celebration, what would have been a 74th birthday today Two previously unreleased cover versions are set for a single release. The birthday offerings include a version of John Lennon's uh, 1970 solo classic Mother, which Bowie tracked in 1997 and 98 for a Lennon tribute collection that fell through, and Bob Dylan's uh, 1997 Time Out of Mind classic Trying to Get to Heaven, which Bowie recorded in February 98 during the mixing sessions for the liveandwell.com album. They're also including the theme song he recorded for Commando. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to go back and watch that again, so I make sure I catch that. Uh, now, we do have a uh, we have a featured artist. of We have David Bowie, I should say, is our featured MM artist this weekend. Mm-hmm. So you want to listen for blocks of songs <laughs> from his legendary catalog, including live cuts uh, here in Philly as well. Which yes, be that's cool. right. Lest um, we forget. Yeah, so that will, I'm not sure if that starts today or tomorrow, most likely tomorrow. Uh, so that'll be coming up. And Casey, what am I doing? Oh, no, no nothing. I just wanted to alert you to uh, something on the uh, caller board. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, I, w- I was looking here. I didn't see. At Is that it morning. David Bowie? No, it's not no. David Bowie. No, he's, he's dead. dead. Oh, okay. yeah. But we'll be featuring him all right. weekend long. But I do have this call to go to. I think this is Robert. Hey, Robert, are you there? I'm here. Robert, why why would you be calling? What's up? Because I just won $500. Ah! Wow! Nice job, my man. We have got $500 in conjunction with No Sad Doe. Where are you from, Robert? Levittown. Levittown. I knew it. In Bucksco. That's cool, man. You got any weekend plans? 
Uh, actually, yeah, I have a lot of plans this weekend. I'm a musician, so I'm going to practice with the band this weekend. There nice. you go. Well, rub it in their faces that you yeah. won $500 with the radio station. What's the name of your band, Robert? Our band is called uh, Out of Hand. Out of Hand. Nice, buddy. All right, well, listen, thank you so much for listening uh, to MMR, and uh, thanks for entering in on the No Sad Dough contest. Congrats, bud. Thank you. All right, take care. Yeah. 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 And it's just that simple, ladies and gentlemen. So five more times today. That's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Do the math. Figure out how much money is being given away on a daily basis. It's impressive. It's a lot. So we're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. And when we return, we'll give away something else. We have our Word of the Week prize, so don't miss it. We'll be right back. Spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right, and this month's band is Party Muscles. Party Muscles, your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. About to head into the weekend, but we have some things that we want to take care of before. Wrap it up for the week, and we'll get to the letter today in just a little while. But I would like to take a moment and thank the participants on the program today, you being one of them, of course. But how about our guests? We had some solid conversations today. Started with a gentleman named John Douglas, author of the book Mindhunter and several books. Uh, the most recent one is called The Killer Shadow which is available on uh, Amazon.com right now. Fascinating interview. The guy was We do like 50 minutes with him? Yeah. And Whoa, was it that long? It was, was at least 40. So yeah, it was, it was it actually was... almost an hour. Was it? Yeah, because we started around the, uh, 8.15 and we went past well past 9 o'clock. Wow. Uh, he was great, man. He's, uh, and we just scratched the surface with him. Yeah. He's a guy that is has spoken to, spent time with, even befriended the most notorious serial, killer, serial right. killers in the history of the country. Uh, and his book and the 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 show Mindhunter on uh, which uh, which is based off of his book on on Netflix is great. He was awesome. Yeah. Also, thank you to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hey! Another good one. Uh, yep. He has got a show and it's in its second season and it is on Monday Night USA at 11 p.m. Straight up Steve Austin. Straight up five Steve Austin. <laughs> yes. And uh, how great was William Shatner? Yeah! Man? We didn't talk Star Trek once. With Not him, right? once. He's, he's got such a voluminous. Amount of stuff to talk about, but honestly, the, the his show, the the uh, the unexplained, yeah. is great. The Ooga Booga, Ooga Booga, uh, and <laughs> he said that like three times. He did. Can <laughs> understand there's this Ooga Booga uh-huh. in a uh, cave. It's on uh, tonight at nine o'clock Fridays on the History Channel, and uh, tonight's has to do with uh, mummies, mummies, which he was uh, very fascinated. <laughs> what with. We don't know about mummies. <laughs> You know, actually, and I was going to bring it up to him, but I, I didn't want to touch anything. His spoken word stuff? His, no, no. Actually, is I'd read it on an article on Wikipedia one time. It was in this list of strange Wikipedia articles uh, about self-mummification. Yeah, I've heard about that, too. They are these um, uh, monks, and I, I don't remember what particular religion. It was an Eastern uh uh, group of monks and and uh, a it's select, the hey, hey, we're the monks. A select <laughs> few of them would essentially 
kill themselves in this crypt while preparing their own body for mummification. Exactly. Bizarre. We talked about it on air. It was yeah. one of those things. And, and what he was talking about with the sound, uh, what Bill, we call him Bill because we're dear friends, uh, what Shatter was talking about is we actually played a, a, a chunk of that audio that they replicated from that monk who had passed away. It's probably still in the system. Yeah. But it was it was the sound basically as close as they assume we could get to someone who lived a long time ago. Yeah, it was uh, creepy. Uh, but that's on tonight, so um, you'll be able to enjoy that with William Shatner. Okay, spent enough time. I need a letter, so let's do this thing. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. <laughs> All right, we're going to hang on a second here. Uh, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. S is in swell. All right, it's swell. And we need caller number six at 215-263-WMMR who knows the secret text word. So get on board right now. Let's see if we can get you a prize, and it is a good one indeed. So the voice you heard is Mr. Pierre Robert. How are you today, ma'am? Fine, thank you. Excellent. Welcome. Welcome thank to you. Friday. Welcome morning. Welcome morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or morning welcome. Good welcome. Good welcome. Okay. Good welcome to you all, I think is what I said. That's like an Amish greeting. Good welcome. Good welcome to you, kind sir. Good mm-hmm. Yontif. Yeah. yeah. Good Yontif. It's been a fortnight since we've... Oh. Good Yontif. <laughs> may all Yontif? your Hamyankles be wonderful. Yes. Was, isn't Yontif... No, may all your Don't people wish good Yontif? I don't know. It's the first time I've ever heard. I'm, I'm curious. I don't know. Yontif. I think it's... I, maybe it's a... Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a female... <laughs> It's a female pontiff. It's, uh, it's a female pontiff. Yeah, a yantif is a, a Jewish female greeting. Pontiff. It is a Jewish greeting. Gut yantif or gut yantif is a greeting during Rosh Hashanah in uh, the days of awe, which I've never heard of. Uh, also used Aww. simply Shana Tova, meaning a good year or a good and sweet year. So it all's tied in together. Good yes. year? No, it was the worst. It was a good yantif. Good yantif. Mm-hmm. It was the okay. best of yantifs. It was the worst of yantifs. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we're doing good today. We are. Excellent. Is it sunny outside? No. Okay, it's not. Uh, you couldn't tell through these windows. No. That <laughs> actually almost looks sunnier than it is looking out these bizarre windows. They're tinted slightly bluish today. If we're going to have a fake representation of what is outside, I would like to see a tropical scene playing yeah. on the glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be, if you project something up there that looks right. like well, it's an ocean view. There's this show I watched. Um, it's only It only had one season because of COVID, I guess. Uh, it was called Upload, and it's about oh, yeah. this guy who dies, and in, in the future you can either die or you can go to some computer land. Right. And um, so he wakes up, but it, but they're expensive. They're like um, retirement homes. And Stephen Amell's brother was in it. Yes, yeah. yes. And... Um, in one of the, and he at first he's staying in this really nice place, then it gets downgraded. But um, he goes to the window and presses a button, and it's snowing outside. And then the next button, it's fall. And the next button, it's winter. I yeah. could do that. And yeah. so, I mean, we could have that here. Yeah, let's sure. get one of those. Okay. Yeah, I'm all for Put it. All right. The huge Yule logs. <laughs> I like it. We'll have fires burning. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go to the phones and see if we can get a winner for the secret text word. Leslie is caller number six. So, good morning, Leslie. Good morning. How are you? Uh, wonderful. Leslie, do me a favor and give me that word of the week prize. Or no, actually, give me the word of the week. I'll give you the prize. <laughs> the word of the week is masks. No sad dough. <laughs> That's correct, Leslie. All right, so we're going to give you this really cool JBL Party Box 100 powerful portable Bluetooth party speaker. 
with a dynamic light show. It is a $350 value, so we set you up with that. Sound pretty good? That is so cool. I'm so excited. Thank you. Wonderful. Excellent. Have a great weekend, Leslie. Hang on the line. We'll get your information, and we'll set you up with the prize. And don't forget, that is in conjunction with Burt Kreischer. He's hosting the Go Big Show. It started last night uh, on TBS. Uh, The Extreme Talent Competition and celebrity judges Snoop Dogg, Rosario Dawson, Jennifer Nettles, Cody Rhodes. You can enter the Go Big or Go Home Sweepstakes. At tbs.com slash go big sweeps for your chance to win a Ford F-250. So make sure you tune in Thursdays at 9 p.m. for the Go Big Show, and that is on TBS. What's coming up on your wonderful program today, Peter? Well, I've got work uh yes, yeah, I've got workforce blocks of David Bowie and Glorious Sons, Crosby Stills, Nash and Young, and also uh No Sad Doe uh at noon and two PM. Excellent. Yes, A lot to you. do on this Welcome Friday morning. Go. Uh, welcome, go. And I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show, brought to you today by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors. Also to uh, by Duncan, official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show, and Godshall's Real Wood Smoked Turkey Bacon. Uh, next week on our program, uh, we continue the No Sad Dough competition. Oh, yeah. On Monday. And we'll also have a number of guests. Uh, one of them, as I see now, is Mena Suvari. Ah, uh, yes. Love her. Yeah, she's great. We want to talk to her for a while. So we'll get some other guests uh, next week as well. That is it. We are done. Rage on. Have yourself a great weekend. And we will see you later, gang. Bye-bye. <laughs> Preston and Steve love you, hate you. Live. Well, I just farted and ended up pooping my pants. Sad. Next message. Bro, it's so sad though. Bro, it's so sad though. I want that money. Yeah, yeah Zeus bitches. Next message. Wah. Oh, when does the tree kisses? We can't see the sun. Wah. Let me tell you something. It's so the Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.